welcome to episode 225 of the F Reality Podcast. Rowdy's trying to make me laugh before the podcast in the middle of the intro, so uh, there we are. Uh, today's lineup is looking a bit mad, so please look after your own safety and wear your safety belts. Up first, it's time to get off your furry bottom and go catch some Tamagotchi in AR. For a while now, we've thought that Meta were homewreckers, and now we have the proof. Puzzling Places aims to fix your failing friendships. Over 400 puzzle piece nightmares uh, starting this weekend. And if you've got dating problems, not to worry. We take relationship advice from VR expert Kaz. And if you're too lonely to date and depth sensor woes have got you down, well, let's take a trip to a department store Father Ted would appreciate. That's right. I'm talking X-ray vision, my fellow creeps. And to cap off this tank of flaming petrol... Jose is giving the lowdown on releases a little bit later on. Well, it is my job to uncage the werewolves and pet the coarse-haired wild beasts who make up the F-Reality crew. So addressing the gorilla in the room, well, the missing gorilla in the room, Adam's away today, so you won't have to hear about chainsaws, TikTok, or look at her garish green screen today. Nope, we've essentially cleaned out the gunk from today's podcast with a professional power washer. And all that's left, in my wife's words from last night, is a sausage party. Thanks for that image, honey. Uh, first up, he's our brother in arms, our VR weapons dealer. And when you've gathered enough in-game coin, he'll set you up with one sick-as-fuck loadout. Don't have the cash? No problem. The VR tech takes credit. But if you don't pay on time, and I'm being serious here, expect it to rain server racks down on your head. Hey, Jose, how you doing? <laughs> yo yo what's up man i'm feeling good just a lot of a lot of a lot of vr in my life i've i this is probably the the most i've been around vr in a while so i'm like mm. super excited with it but i haven't played a lot of vr which is really weird it's uh i've been obsessed with uh zelda it's all i've been doing in between oh, the work new one and time yes i have become a a uh a, a a civil engineer aerospace engineer and just it's just in zelda? Yeah, in I, I... zelda it's it, it's crazy what? so they have taken the legend of zelda formula i don't know if, uh where you guys stop playing the games traditional getting weapons to find you know or, or get to the dungeon so they have kept that similar formula but they also started looking at modern approaches to those mechanics so they really started looking at minecraft fortnite and they have managed to bring you're in... You're scaring me, Jose. Oh, okay. it is, it is <laughs> you're, terrifying. You're, it you're, is, you're scaring me. I played Breath of the Wild, and this Tears of the... Breath of the Wild and Fortnite's building mechanics, where you can grab logs yeah. and build forts in the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild universe. So you have this oh glue gun mechanic. You have this arm mechanic that allows you to grab objects, twist them around... Pretty much, wow. it, it's a sandbox game. I, I didn't games. know that. Oh, yeah, I it didn't is. Know they that. broke this game. But so. why? What's the? I'm I'm really curious how that fits into Zelda universe. Are you trying to like customize where you're living? Are you getting to higher platforms? Is it part of the platform part? Like what is to it? To be honest What's... with you, it does. It's just fun. They found a story based way to incorporate these mechanics like some ancient technology <laughs> it doesn't matter they just realized the game is fun by adding the fortnite tools and the minecraft <laughs> tools into the breath of the wild universe so fair enough fair you're enough. meant to you're meant to like for example there's a cool little map where you're like 
you, you have to go across an island, so there's a river. So you, the, the, what you're supposed to do is grab logs, connect them together, make yourself a nice little float. But if you're an experienced player, then you can like create mm-hmm. fans. Or if you're a Japanese player, which is insane, people are making mechas. So there is actually... What? Oh, like yeah. Mo- we, mobile we Mobile mechas, mobile mechs. People are making these giant contraptions. Some people are making <laughs> F1 jet fighters in... In the Legend of Zelda universe, it wow. is absolutely crazy. It, I saw Beardo Benjo got uh, hooked on making bridges across, you know, troubled water. But no. aside from that, um, no, no. I didn't bridges. realize the extent to which this uh, new system was working. So that yes. sounds like a reasonably sized distraction from the core gameplay then <laughs> to kind of go off on the creative tangent. Yeah, there's no I think I have lost meaning of that game. I'm just spending time creating, you know, mechanics and just breaking the game. And it's so cool that yes. the, the the reason I'm talking about it, too. And, and, and you know, you know me, I'm a, I'm a big nerd. And especially when it comes to getting a lot of technology, this is running on a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. This is running at a they found a way to make 23 frames per second locked feel almost 30 they it, it's a technical masterpiece uh it only Nintendo, runs at 23 frames a yeah, second <laughs> it's about 23 when you really look at it and it feels oh 30 it's it's uh it's a technical marvel um nintendo gets a lot of flack all the time about you know incomplete wow. games their lack of you know polish they're trying to make a lot of quick buck when it comes to their games but it, it, it's probably one of the most technically impressive game engines out there it's running on a switch and they managed to have I, I said it earlier, Fortnite engine with also running on the Breath of the Wild map, but they also created three underlying layers. Like so, there's three stacked up maps of the same size. It's it's really impressive and it, yeah, it, it's wow. it's all, yeah. So it, like a technical marvel. It it kind of yes. feels like because you've gone straight to the like the the technical side, the builder creative side of this. And haven't yet talked about the story. I'm wondering if you've had any time for the story itself. Uh, <laughs> or no. did you go in and just went, oh, segue I right could into this? I could technically... So you could save your configurations. Who is Zelda? Like, who is Zelda? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think she's somewhere in the map. But uh, the, <laughs> you, can, you can actually save your, your inventions, like this little Pokeball thing kind of mechanic. So whenever you see an enemy, you can oh. just drop your invention. So I could technically walk up to like the castle that you're supposed to, you know, the last castle, and just oh drop a, you know, a military jet that I created and end the game whenever I want. It, it, it's 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 nuts that's it's kind of bonkers fun. that's crazy and no doubt that game is expansive like i gave up on breath of the wild when i realized just how enormous that world is and like there was just too much to do i mean i i love switch a lot of people in chat are saying that i just got a switch i have a switch all this kind of stuff but like switch is an incredible console if you haven't experienced it i I thought it was going to be a multi-factor printer but it's not if anyone needs um multiplayer uh switch review suggestions uh, i have that in my review site actually over at reviews.zimtalk5.com along with all my vr stuff just in case someone's like i need a party game this weekend stat give me a game that's good i've got a list of about 30 or 40 so let's it. sort you out but uh breath of the wild 
was a good game. This is Tears of the Kingdom. Tears, Tears of the Kingdom. And I'm really glad you mentioned that one final thing that's going to, wow. you're going to love this. So there is definitely a burnout that comes when people think of Breath of the Wild, the original one. And one mm. of the things that people got exhausted was finding the Koroks, which was like a thousand of them, this little, little uh, puzzles that are, or rather little uh, hidden Easter eggs that you have. They're called the Korok and there were thousands of them. And I think Nintendo I don't think I ever found one. So yeah, is, I is, think, is that like the Grand Theft Auto drug package? Like yeah, you have to sort find, of, yeah, you have to find them. Nintendo didn't intend, I think, or the developers for them to find them all, but people did. There was like, I think a thousand and one, a hundred and one. People got burnt out on that. So they brought the same system back into this game. Um, but now they're like, the, the Koroks are like, hey, I need to get to this point or just little obstacles. So because of the mechanics and the burnout that people have with the Koroks, Mm. The there has become a meme that brewed into this and people are now attacking the Korok instead. So if you go on TikTok, you would find literally right. montages of people use just torturing. I'm pretty sure thousands of Is it of a Geneva. cute little animal or what yes. is it? It's a little cute little oh. leaf character that you have to help and save and there's now compilations and people are just doing the, I'm pretty sure Geneva Convention rule laws are being broken. There's, there's there's one where like you see Link on a horse carrying like this wagon with a burning cross and all the Koroks are burning on it. And they have like this dark <laughs> music playing in the sky's I, dark. It's it's I, insane. I really like I really like this. This this sounds like up my alley now. <laughs> it's it's a fun game. I highly recommend it. It's I remember how it. um I, rem I remember I just meant the comedy there, but um, I, I remember like Navi or whatever that annoying little fairy. The just being yeah. like, can I just like put you on the end of a pole? Can I just like, <laughs> you know, just um, but that's that. So, OK, well, uh, Zelda will get saved in something like a thousand yes. years or something after Jose's <laughs> rebuilt the kingdom maybe, maybe. Uh, to his own spec. We defied the jets. I'm you know what? I, I'm looking for oil at this point. I'm re I'm rebuilt. I'm bringing civilization into into Hyrule. I was like, you know what? Forget forget Ganon. We're build We're bringing infrastructure, Internet. We're bringing aerospace engineering. <laughs> you know, I'm making I'm making Kekariko the next America. Not long before we're going to see those uh, server rack setups, right? Getting advertisements all over Hyrule. Oh, my days. <laughs> oh, advertisement. All right. Well, welcome. We uh, we specialize in VR, AR, and torturing cute little creatures here on F-Reality. Next, we're going to move on to the Great Equalizer. Uh, not just about the audio. This Belgian behemoth smashes through more signal-to-noise ratio every month than your mom. Uh, so pay your respects to Europe's Mr. Mr. Universe 2007. It's time to take a test from the man whose real name rhymes with pain. Yes, ma'am. It's Rowdy. Hey, Rowdy. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. How's it going? Pain. <laughs> that's that's going to noodle. A few people are going to noodle on that one for a while. Yeah, they're they're like, going to be like, how does, pain. How does Rowdy, how does rhyme, rowdy with pain? rhyme with pain? <laughs> <laughs> that's the inside. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've been great. I've been great. I actually had a, a very interesting week. Is uh, Yesterday, I went for the first time ever to uh, Cirque du Soleil, which is uh, a Montreal-based circus. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's worldwide known. I, I'm guessing that you guys know it as well. It was my first time actually seeing it live, and it was it was quite an experience. You know, I think it's been since COVID that I've been to like an outdoor or like an like an indoor event of that size or like that kind of like um, I don't know, like like I I don't typically go to the theater or like the opera or musicals that often. Uh, but I do enjoy it when I do. And yesterday, like the 
the way that they merged audio and visual and uh, like tier three and like all of that stuff together was, uh, yeah, it was quite the experience. Like it, it took me like a good 30 minutes for me to realize that all the music was actually played by a live band uh, to complement the scenes that they were seeing on the screen and to complement the things that the artists were doing all in real time, which I mean, it's, it's being a musician myself and, you know, having to, you know, having done a lot of audio video production with YouTube and with the podcast, like the, the amount of effort that goes into something like that, making that all synced up and making it all, you know, work well and like literally no room for error or people would fall down from, I don't know, like insane heights and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that's quite an impressive thing to see happen in front of you we had like really good seats as well so it was like the nice thing about Cirque du Soleil is if um if you weren't already aware and you know Rowdy's what what's your appetite for for amazing spectacles there was a Felix and Paul VR um uh, how would I call it an experience but it was stage side so you weren't like sitting in the audience necessarily you were there with the actors that was Mm -hmm. quite good that was a few years ago now maybe 2007 2000 no sorry 2017 2018 yeah, oh, that was cool. It's, Seeing that that's, in person must have been pretty dramatic. Yeah, indeed, I because imagine. it's also it's it's so interactive with the with the audience. So I think like in VR that would be amazing as well because like they, they switch like certain scenes, but everything happens. You know, there's no curtain or something like that, so it's just the lights dim a little bit. But in order to distract you, all of a sudden there's like something happening in the audience behind you. So everyone like <laughs> turns around and there's no ID that the scene is switching, that they're moving stuff and bringing out <laughs> mattresses and all that stuff. And then you turn back because, you know, something happening is in front of you and you're looking at a different scene. So they play really well with that, like, you know, bringing it, like making it like a, a full, like almost two hour experience with like a 25, 25 minute break. But like, it's constantly entertaining. There's no like, okay, this act is over. Let's move on to the next act. No, it's like this act is over because there's something happening behind you that you should look into now. And, you turn around and it's like, you know, some, someone is like doing something. And then, uh, you know, at the, at the same time, they're like switching the scene in front of you, which is really, I mean, it's really impressive. And it's not that big of a team, I think, either mm. uh, for like a, such a video production, because I saw, I mean, like the, like a little bit of tech and the, the nerds inside of me comes out then and like starts like wondering how they do this and how they do that. But everyone has like, you know, four to five different roles and like not only like the artists doing like you know the the jumps and the the swings and all of that stuff and there was a woman being pulled up by her hair oh like God. which i also don't understand how that works but <laughs> uh yeah it was it was kind of impressive um but yeah everyone has like different roles even if they're not on the scene uh while they might be an artist in the next scene which is really cool to see Kind of scares me. Uh, very. <laughs> I'm stuck on the uh, woman being lifted up by her hair thing. Yeah, she first did it with her hair. So there were two. So like they Jeez. were attached by the hair. So both of them were attached by the hair. And then afterwards they did it with their teeth. So they like they were like swinging and stuff. Like I'm like, how? <laughs> what kind of jaws do you guys have? Like, was, uh, yeah. yeah, I saw that impressive. once in um, it was Mallorca. Um, and there was a thing called pirates and it was like one of these you were drinking in a galleon type of thing but again where acrobat acrobats are you know yeah biting onto something and then getting lifted up yeah. their full weight and i'm just thinking yeah. like i was thinking it must be it must be not just biting it must be hooking as well i think i i I've, I've seen it i've seen it where they just they're just biting onto something and i yeah yeah well they, i mean they, they do that there as well but like i i 
I mean, I just don't understand how you'd be able to hold that. So I'm thinking like maybe they like hook they're it not behind nerds. like... They're just yeah, not maybe. nerds, Rowdy, I suppose. They're they're just just not not nerds. Like. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they're experts. <laughs> they actually exercise. No, I don't know. Um, but I, I like it when you guys shout out uh, things that you're experiencing and, and, and trying out. You know, it's it's okay to give kind of non-VR shoutouts. I'm still, with, with Rowdy's uh, card in the back of my head, it's like, go see Guardians of the Galaxy 3. You know, like, yeah, yeah. it's cute. And I know it'll be cute for like, I feel like a year by the time I actually get to see it. But I'll come back and I'll share my it's thoughts. Fine. And now Cirque du Soleil is even further away. But I'm curious, what's the price tag for a ticket for something like that? Uh, is like, it like 150 bucks or something? Like, what is it? Yeah, like we paid a little bit more than that because mm. uh, we want we wanted to have like a real good experience. Like, Executive uh, so seats, we, champagne. No, well, it wasn't. V- I mean, the seats were a little bit disappointing. So they're just like you know, like it was like, like it's in a tent and you have these like little chairs that you sit on. So the seats itself was also also like a bit too close together. All uh, it was a little bit uncomfortable, I would say. Mom, uh, but we ha- we were like three seats away <laughs> from the from the stage. So yeah, oh. that was pretty impressive. They brought out this giant robot as well. Like they they made like a giant robot. Can you imagine that though? Being your your that's your day job. Like if I always thought if you were a circus performer or something, and that's what you're doing five or six days a week. Like that's that's some life, especially if you're on the road. You know, if you have to actually tour with it as well. I mean, it's bad enough being in a band and all the drama that can go with that. You know, with the setup and all of that, and even your bandmates. Physical exercise. Did exactly. you see like the sweat dripping down their faces at a certain point? Like, did you think Amazing. like, damn, like, I hope he's not going to collapse because that would not end well. But yeah, they do this every day. Yeah, it definitely. <laughs> I, have, I have a less uh, less exciting day job, I'll put it that way. So <laughs> thank you, Rowdy, for uh, sharing your uh, trapeze act with us there. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um all right, well, Chad, if you guys have anything in particular you want to shout out, do let us know. Um, we'll try and call out. to see some of you have, have tried have, have tried Cirque du Soleil yourselves, uh, gotten up there in front of a big crowd, <laughs> um, which is all good, which is all good. Um, all right, so on to uh, my side, I suppose. Who's this fella? Well, uh, my name is Zim, and I'm just a boy looking for a girl who's really a virtual <laughs> reality headset. And every two weeks, uh, we return to bring you a finely curated meal of fish heads and old day old baguettes uh, but before we serve up those tasty appetizers it's time for me to share my own highlight uh, which is that i feel like i went back in time a little bit in my vr career um, this this past fortnight has been filled with a bit of sim racing with a bunch of friends that was really good everyone's showing up with custom liveries for their cars and stuff which was awesome to see uh vr poker got into a bit of um um Poker Stars VR on PSVR 2. That was fun to do, although my audio wasn't working, so I wasn't able to talk to anybody, which was weird, because <laughs> usually poker is a very social game, and it hinges a lot on that, uh, which was which was kind of funny. Um, and then um, after we talked about Ivory last time with the person who was the dev who's working on trying to get PC to work with PSVR 2, um, I actually happen to be one of those lucky lucky people who have the right graphics card to be able to plug in via virtual link and actually experience PC gaming on a PSVR 2 headset. So I did a five-hour stream playing Minecraft, basically Java Minecraft, um, in that way. And um, it was totally comfortable. I was expecting some things to be a bit different. Like, um, one of the things that really wows me about PSVR 2 is the 
uh, is the brights, like how, how bright, like we were talking about the brightness intensity last podcast, like that is one of the things I, I yearn for. And while that's not really there, like a sunset looks, looks like a sunset. Even if I'm looking at the virtual cinema screen and it's not full motion controls and all that, it's just looks like a 120 inch display in front of me. The thing that really worked very well, if you force through your Windows drivers, the um, SIE VRH, which is the Sony Interactive Entertainment VR headset, as it's showed up in your in your system devices, you can force it to 120 hertz. And the thing is, guys, I don't own 120 hertz display anywhere in my house. My TV is old school 60. My monitors are old school 60. Being able to drive Minecraft to that level of like fluidity gives you a sense of presence or uh, an innate feeling of like being there or it being real that when little baby zombies are running at you, you're like, ah, this is that little bit more scary. So while the colors, the kind of color pop and the HDR side really wasn't there, and I suspect that's, again, driver support and all that, as a third monitor, as a display that you have wearing on your head through a virtual link port, the 120 hertz display was really cool. And I want to try that with a few other things. Like I think Doom, for example, would work really well. But that was kind of a nifty little little trick. Um, and it, it, it certainly left me feeling that it was a comfortable enough experience for me. I know that's a Marmite headset and a lot of people are like, oh, it's a terribly uncomfortable headset and I can't put it on my head anymore. For me, it's totally fine and I can run 10 hours, no problem, which is not the same with like a Quest 2. Even a Quest 2, I like, you know, it's four or five hours and I'm starting to feel it a little funny bit. Um, so that's that's pretty much the recap of my my recent life. But I think... Rowdy would besmirch me if I if I didn't at least mention. <laughs> I was about to say, is it really Sim? Is the it cap- really <laughs> the capping off experience, um, which was on Thursday night? I loaded up Cyan's latest. Rowdy gets way too much sick pleasure out of oh, me. I swear. Man, like, I, I I was thinking of making it my highlight of the week because it doesn't come close after Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, Cyan put out Firmament, right, which is a memory palace escape room dementia ward uh, of a game in VR. And um, they lovingly called that Firmament, you know, and that's probably my pick of the litter because it well, it's it's really gorgeous in places like you start off in an Antarctic kind of area and then you get into like the hub room, which has got these beautiful fine detail like slow moving mechanisms, mechanisms that come alive, kind of like the tail end of Skyrim. For those of you who have played to that point, um, I would say Can the I puzzles. You real quick? Please interrupt me. <laughs> I, I love it that Zim goes like, you know, the environments are so beautiful. Like he saw one <laughs> almost the entire game. But yeah, go on, go on, please entertain us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Rowdy's talking about what I'll call the, um, uh, it was like banking and plants area, which was uh, a grid of vaults um, that you have to puzzle your way through. I won't say much more. I want to be spoiler free as possible. But um, the puzzles there in that section are quite grindy. And Rowdy saw me descend and descend and descend in sanity level. I've never level. heard you swear so much. Like... <laughs> I oh man I was after I, I was after like a kind of a hard week not a lot of sleep sick kids and then I go into this thing and I really wa- I was not ready for it I was not ready for there was a part of me where I felt like one of those sim characters 
that you've tortured and you haven't fed for very long. You know, you haven't fed in a long time. They're trapped in a room and they're going insane and crying on the floor in a ball. That was me on stream, honestly. And um, I, yeah, the thing is, the game is wonderful because like the other Myst uh, creators titles, so you got Myst and Abduction and stuff like that, is you have such cool environments and really tough puzzles and you like, you want to get through it, but it feels like one of those, like one of those metal puzzles that you're trying to solve as a kid. And you're like, you just get to the point where you're like so frustrated with it. You just want to give up. And if you push on, you're trading your sanity for maybe some payback if you manage to break through. Uh, I did eventually throw in the towel and I was like, I've just, I've just had enough. I almost never I, bailed. I have a picture of the ending, actually. But I bailed. I'll, I'll show it real quick. Uh, I, I bailed. It's, the funniest part is that the moment where I took the screenshot, you see me laughing in the top corner. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, it was quite, it was quite a, it was quite an evening. I plan to go back and do more. I don't know. It's one of those games, just like some people feel with horror games, where you're like, you feel steeped in stress. Like, you're so covered in stress um, that you're like, I don't know if I can bring it upon myself to go back. And that's how I feel about Firmament right now. I'm like, it stressed me out so much. I'm like, do I really want to do that this Sunday? Maybe I should just play something else that's, you know, fun. Oh, I, I hope that you do. I'll be there to support. Oh, support. Oh, God. You could have made a jet fighter, bro. Oh, I could have made a jet fighter. Um, which, yeah, honestly, it feels like that. But I've, I've missed a few screws and bolts or something. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's Firmament. That's only just out. Uh, if you are trying to hurt yourself, uh, <laughs> that's one way to do it. I love my favorite comment from streaming that night was someone said, I'm so glad I clicked on this video. And I've just bought Ghost of Tarkov and that's downloading now. You know, like someone's <laughs> like, I'm so glad you steered me away from this. Um, which I think there's going to be a lot of people who feel like that about Firmament. But uh, so far, it's pretty good. One thing, just a caveat, right? Even if you're into puzzles and stuff, you might want to give it a month or two. The game runs a little chuggy right now. Um, obviously, they had to release on many platforms. So uh, just caveat mTOR before you go in and buy it day one and expect it to run smooth. Um, it's not glass smooth yet. So that was my highlight. Thank you. <clears throat> Maybe I should call that a low light. Uh, that was that was tough. So I feel like I've been through war. All right, with that, let's... um. Proper, proper news is going to lie ahead here, but let's first <clears throat> clear out some space for our first sponsor of today's episode. Friends, have you heard of Swordsman VR? Um, in case you haven't, Swordsman is a physics-based, realistic combat experience. You get to stop the Jotun from seizing control and take down armies of knights, Vikings, Mongols, and samurai in eight exhilarating environments. It's a successful title on several platforms, including Quest, PSVR, and Steam. Uh, and like that naughty child king in Game of Thrones, this game keeps getting richer. Uh, the Sin Studios devs have recently released a new array of weaponry. Adding range-based combat to the game means you can set down your sword and relax, instead participating in bow and crossbow combat, uh, making pincushions out of your enemies. So for sure, it's an ICBM maker's long-ranged dream. Check them out, slice up some samurai, and now it's time to get back with our infamous newsreel to start the show off. And this is the part of the podcast where we talk about the latest news, tasty tidbits pulled up from the web, and tweets that went boom in the night. Speaking of tweets, to get this flogged horse out of the way first, uh, we had Palmer 
uh, come out again talking up a few different headsets. We've seen him before, uh, a couple of months ago, thumb up the PSVR 2, gawking at that one, and more recently hear him uh, say kind words about big screen and, of course, the upcoming Apple headset. In a simple six-line, or sorry, six-word six tweet posted on May 14th, Palmer Lucky, who's the founder of Oculus, for those of you who don't know, if you don't know, be ashamed. Uh, he said, the Apple headset is so good. And now, after... Two and a half million views, 800 retweets, 5,000 likes. His tweet has hit front page news all over the feckin' place. Um, so I don't I'm know if this is the... if Apple likes that or not. Like, if that if that is, like, the intention or if that is <laughs> I have not thoughts. supposed to be happening. Yeah, I have thoughts. I mean, I, it doesn't feel like it would be classic Apple yeah. uh, to, uh, to appreciate that. And I feel like there'd be a team of lawyers knocking on Palmer's door, right? But... I thought about that for a moment and I was like, hmm, are they getting really smart here? Because the world has changed. In the last 10, 15 years, social media has changed things quite a bit. And I'm curious, because Palmer is a proponent of uh, VR, AR, XR headsets and competition, and may still carry a chip, you know, against Meta, the company who fired him. Um, I'm curious if maybe he went and did a deal with Apple uh, to go ahead and say something like that. And, and the, the point is, it wasn't just this tweet. This tweet is what kind of was the fishhook, right? That then brought everyone's attention because Palmer's got such reach and span. Um, but I think it would be brilliant advertising and hype building for Tim Cook and the Apple team and the marketing to hook into somebody like Palmer because he led a previous world-changing headset, right? And so who better than Palmer to help herald in the change of the world, so to speak? So I'm I'm feeling... Like maybe these guys, maybe he got the go ahead and maybe it wasn't a paid thing, but maybe it was a, like a, almost a quid pro quo. You know, you help me, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. He gets early access to the headset, gets to play around with an early build. Um, and then he's going to help Apple promote, which he wants to do anyway, because he wants the whole environment to be able to move forward. So that's my my gander. Uh, we did have a good article that went a bit deeper uh, from Upload VR to pull out that this was actually part of a May 4th interview about 10 days earlier that didn't make the same kind of ripple as when his tweet fired off like a torpedo in the night. And so I'm just going to call out some of the quotes there from Lucky himself about Apple's headset for those of you who maybe haven't seen it, even though this has kind of been all over the place. Um, so Palmer said, the Apple headset is very, very good. I have not seen the final headset, but I have seen an earlier version of the headset, and it is excellent. It is going to be a huge deal. It's going to be expensive, but I think that they are following a pretty smart strategy, which is to make VR into something everybody wants before it's something that everybody can afford. And that certainly, end quote, uh, that certainly is something that uh, we've seen Apple do before, right? Like monitor stands. Make the monitor stand that everybody wants before anyone at all can afford it. Um, Palmer also remarked that the Apple headset that's coming out soon uses the next generation display from the same company that Big Screen uses in their micro form factor headset. Um, so these, this, all this fanfare and this kind of spill of the beans on Apple's side, to Rowdy's point there, uh, this is coming off of about a 35-minute YouTube video from a series called Moonshots and Mindsets uh, by Peter Diamandis. Uh, called How the Founder of Oculus Plans to Save America. 
It's his 37th episode in his podcast, and it goes into depth about Anduril's Vision, the company that Palmer created after his time with Oculus and Facebook, and Palmer's latest takes on the world of tech and gaming. I definitely recommend it. It's a good watch. I always appreciate when you take founders and company leaders, people like Palmer, sit them on stage and have them talk about something they're working on, building towards how they work with competition and all of that. And it's, it makes for a really good listen. So that's definitely an interview worth listening into. The other thing I was going to say about this is um, on Twitter, I've seen rumor that the new operating system would be called the Apple XR OS, which fits neatly into the blended space in betwixt VR and AR. So that's kind of neat. But um, honestly, that's not what I want to know is not the official name. I like Apple's software code names, kind of like Sony's old Project Morpheus. That stuff has always kind of piqued my interest. And so I want to know what the code name is for this behind the scenes. I want to know it as well. Do you guys know the code name for Apple's forthcoming AR headset? It was, it was, I don't know, leaked or uh, circulated about three, four years ago. You guys remember? We actually covered it on the podcast, Rowdy. I, I've mentioned it before. Um, any recollection? Sounds a little bit like a Star Wars mech. There's a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. So the code name um, in abbreviated form is T288. And I think at the time I would have called it out as the AT288. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and where that comes from is the 288 is meant to come from the fact that they wanted basically retina dis displays. So they wanted 8K per eye or two 8K displays, hence the 288. And so that's where that, that is coming from. So whether or not the T288 is the headset that's coming out this year, i.e. the blended AR VR headset, or in fact, that code name ties to the AR headset, i.e. AR only headset that isn't apparently launching this year and has been pushed down the tracks. I don't know, but I thought I'd share that with you. Couple of other uh, code names that I thought were really fun and I thought I'd share. Before I go into that list though, let me ask you guys about a couple of things. What do you think about Palmer's tweet? Um, is it kosher? And um, I know we talked about Apple's headset a few a few podcasts ago now, um, but does this change your views on maybe what's coming with WWDC in early June? Oh man, um, I, if I can go first, I think it, it, it's it's a, it's a power play. Um, Palmer has always been associated with VR, so people come to him when it comes to VR's next steps. He's also involved in private industry with Andoro, so he is. In having conversations on the supply chain that most VR companies are having at the very highest of level. So he's going to be interacting with Apple. I don't think it was planned. I, I think that he found a clever way to get to talk about it. Maybe somebody broke an NDA or somebody at Apple was like, hey, you know, you mentioned this on the fourth. Let me show you since you haven't seen the new one. And um, since you, you, you put on your tinfoil hat early, I'll put one, I'll put you one that's actually very exciting. Uh, real hats. Palmer, Palmer's tweet was happening during the NBA finals games. There's a lot of rumors that, uh, Apple is doing a lot of cool stuff with the NBA. Um, when I saw that tweet go live, I was watching the game with my team. So I was kind of like, when I saw that and I was watching the game, it almost made me a little like, it just, the time 
was very coincidental. And I was like, I wonder if he's seeing something that somebody went like, hey, check out the NBA game live. Um, huh. That's kind Meta of did that before, right? Yeah. They went for sports and, and North America services for quite a few years. I don't know if that's yeah. still operable. I think so, but it's I, I kind of waned. Think, yeah, I really think that he probably saw something at that level that made him go like, oh, this is so good. And he was able to talk mm-hmm. about it because he's not really talking about the headset itself. He's talking about an experience related to it, um, which... You know, when you look at but it, hardware, but it, but it confirms the fact. Well, to some extent, it, it confirms the fact that there is a headset that's coming, right? And he's like, "Oh, it's, it's <laughs> tangible. It's yeah. I've tried it. It's you know, yeah. it's like, what's the purpose of this uh, of this tweet? That's a very relevancy planned, it's unfortunately, yeah. You know, and timely tweet to put out there. It's no, it's no surprise that everyone's latched onto it, and all the news teams have as well because it's the first kernel. And mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Apple's marketing has, in the past at least, been um, very tight, like yeah. very, very tight. And so to be able to have that leaked, I mean, we saw it last year, right? It hit Meta with their yeah. Quest Pro. Um, but it feels like leaks are becoming so prevalent now and that like it's it's impossible to keep a secret. Um, I feel that's that's kind of a sad thing. But um, Rowdy, what's your what's your take on this tweet and yeah, what's I, I, out I st- there now? I, I'm still thinking this is intentional. Um, I don't think someone with the figure of Palmer uh, would be allowed to do something like this if it wasn't that Apple was fully aware of it. That's, I mean, that's what I think. I think that Apple would, especially if you know the reach of someone like that, uh, and to to get to see a headset like that, I'm, I'm sure that all of that happens happens behind closed doors. There's specific NDAs you need to sign. Uh, like I, I wouldn't assume that Apple is just like you know picks up the phone and hey uh, Palmer how's it going we have this headset would you like to show it bring your friends you know I don't I don't think that's kind of how this I mean like, of course I don't know but I, I would assume considering Apple's past you know secrecy and the entire you know atmosphere around the mystery of their products I don't see that this is any different it does confirm that there is you know that they're yeah. I mean it looks like they're gearing towards releasing a headset now right my question of yeah. course then becomes like what is this headset for because you know with the comments that that palmer has made this is very again oriented at business as compared to the quest yep. pro it's, it's there's no comparison to the meta quest or the the quest 3 or like whatever it is that they're going to bring out it feels like this is more like aimed towards those pro devices business users and like hopefully that comes with an array of apps then as well yes. because then I, I, w- I would like to see like an ecosystem because if apple develops a product it's going to be their ecosystem it's you not going to work yes it's you not going to yes. yes yes it's not going to be like a gaming device at least i mm-hmm. think for like you know steam no. and like all of those kind of no. things so this is going to be a completely separate kind of ecosystem that's going to work really well with their products and that's going to push the market, you know, uh, in favor of them. But again, like I would like to see a company like Apple mm. challenge a company like Meta in like, you know, what the biggest VR industry at the moment at least still is, is I think the gaming market. And I would like so- to see there more competition there. Yeah. I wanted to add um, based on the Palmer stuff. So um, one of the things that Palmer that what led to the Apple um, him leading talking about the Apple headset, he was actually talking about the big screen beyond headset. 
Yep. Um, he did mention that the company that sources the 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 technology, the peripherals, the visuals for the Apple are actually the same company that makes the big screen, but a generation further. Um, mm-hmm. Which is funny because I think the 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 codename headset that you're talking about, Zim more than likely is the exact hardware reference to the big screen. We spoke about this earlier, how mm. people snipe supply chain manufacturer builds, and when they notice a large company isn't going to pull it or use it, they go ahead and snipe it, look at Pimax, look at all these other companies that have a lot of ideas that, that make that you as a tech or as an enthusiast go like, this seems like a generation prior. That's why we almost have made technology adoption conversation. We always say that. It's like, oh, I feel like this is early next generation. It's because that happens quite a bit. Um, Mm. Apple is a company that's solely focused on attention. There has been all the way up to like the original iPhone. Apple has always been associated with, oh, they're going to make a TV. They're going to make a car. They're going to make a TV. They're going to make a car because visuals is their, their goal. The, they have, put in the most money of any tech company in screens. That's why the MacBook Pro line became mm. so phenomenal and so pivotable. Um, the big screen's getting a lot of phenomenal reviews when it comes to visuals. And if this Apple headset is rumored to have a generation further, then we're looking at 4K HDR 8.510 display replacements in VR. That has never happened in the XR space. We're looking yeah. now at infinite screens. Um, but the both, use of case... those were, both of those were reference to the MetaQuest Pro, right? That's, Correct. that's like the, the standard yeah. that they're using as that's the current generation is MetaQuest yeah. Pro. It's not MetaQuest. Well, so yeah. I, I still think that, you know, this is... And I like that because Meta has been moving recently. We saw that in like the latest Oculus Connects and the, the recent Meta Connect as well, that there's been this shift towards the business field because they kind of feel like we got the gaming scene already under control yes. and we're going to move towards the business kind of field. But with like like um, Apple now like popping up and saying like, oh, wait, wait a second. Like Apple, you know, we can play on this field as well. And yeah. in, in terms of, you know, business you know they, they yes. they've been on the forefront of that for years with their devices and it's kind not of really lab, business kind of- yeah when you think about it rowdy and this is something that i'm really excited that we're talking about because it's it's really what has been running in my brain since palmer's original announcement it's the reason why i even run a company in the spatial space is we're starting to see conversations by people that know computers apple if it, say whatever you want. People disagree. Basically, Apple has, is one of the fathers of modern PC, personal computing, and they know what adoption looks like when it comes to personal computing. Virtual reality right now, because of gaming, it actually poisoned the well because we look at mobile adoption based on games <laughs> I haven't heard and that cell in a while. And virtual reality is being associated with mobile adoption. VR are not cell phones. They are computers. So computer companies know how do you get adoption for computers? You start an enterprise. You bring value to the employees in enterprise. Now the employees that have that value, they go like, man, I want this value at home. They buy the computer at home. Now they got the students, their kids, the college gets performance, you know, improvement from their students. So now the kids are like, oh, wow, I want a family computer. Now the family gives me the leading edge. Yeah, it's, it's the same curve we saw in the 80s, right? 80s to 90s with personal an computing. Yeah. <laughs> I missed that link, Rowdy. Why do you have an Android? 
Because I refuse to give in. <laughs> but it's oh. we're seeing that happen. We're seeing the evolution of, of real spatial computing, and that's they're calling it XROS. They're not calling it spatial. They're not. They're focusing on building their next generation computing. There's actually a quote. I think Wall Street leaked it, but they said that Tim Cook said <laughs> that they want AR to replace, like you know, cell phones in the next ten years. We can get there if we yeah. suddenly don't need to press buttons to dial a phone number, and we have you know predictive phone calling. You know, life will get easier, I, and I, it all starts with business. <laughs> that's, and I don't, I don't disagree that that's the that's the trajectory. And we've uh, mm-hmm. we've seen other other um, interviews with Tim Cook um, that essentially give that give that foundation. Uh, Wall Street Journal, however, uh, when it comes to this space, everything in VR and, a- and, and, and yeah. AR um, are horrible. Uh, I have seen them misreport countless yeah. times over the last five years, and I do not trust them one bit. I just, I just get that yeah. out there. That said, <laughs> I'm going to go to uh, another player in that space and just talk about some of the details that they've spoken about regarding the Apple headset that, that's coming and some details that they think it will bring. We've touched on some of this in previous podcasts, so I'll make this kind of quick. But Forbes uh, went on to cover some details about the Apple headset, right? Saying that it was roughly $3,000, uh, that Apple projects it will um, sell about 900,000 units, which when we think about PSVR 2's original trajectory, it's actually not far off of that. Now, the cost is obviously quite a bit higher. Um, the purpose, as, as Jose's suggesting there, is to fully replace your iPhone and Mac entirely um, and, it, and it's supposed to have capabilities of both hand and eye control. Um, there are some some marketing specialists that believe that this could be, you know, one of the set up to be one of the greatest tech flops of all time. But I think without taking this gamble, Apple wouldn't necessarily stand a chance at gripping onto a future that they need to be part of in that personal computing space that Jose is talking about. And I agree with you, Jose. I think that they are forefathers and to some extent, they're holding the shield now and they they need to make a play like they might be the one of the bigger heavyweights at the table. It's been enough years now. They need to make a play like and, you know, they've seen they've seen their competitors or would be competitors try. And to some extent, some of that has floundered like Quest Pro. You know, it's been a little bit upsy uh, downsy um, in, in that respect. Meta's still going at it. They're still going hard at R&D. Not every product needs to win a battle in order for them to win the war, right? So I'm still keen to see what's going to happen Meta versus Apple in in the long run and even some of the other players out there. I'm curious if Samsung will ever re-enter the ring uh, as they did have VR headsets back in the day. Will Microsoft decide to come in or are they just going to keep partnering and kind of pulling on the shoelaces of Meta to get their access? But one special feature that was touted was that um, there might be a pass-through display to allow the wearer to make human contact through the device with other humans, like one of those glass panels. If you've ever been in a hotel that has like a wall that like goes see-through and you flick a switch and then it's opaque all of a sudden, like that, but for your for your headset that you're wearing. And if it's close to your eyes, kind of like the big screen beyond is, if it's really tight to your to your face, maybe you could frame it in such a way that it doesn't make you look like, I don't know, Jordy LaForge or something when you press a button and now I can see Rowdy and Jose's beautiful eyes. I, I feel like it's going to be weird, no matter if that feature is on a headset, period. I, I think, and I'm not talking Uncanny Valley here, I'm talking weird-ass nerd who's standing in front of me with a headset on their face. Like, it... I don't feel like that would fit into 
the veil of Apple who makes cool stuff that people really want and don't mind paying top dollar for. Maybe it's a fun party trick, but I feel like that kind of thing would just be weird. Um, I don't know. What do you guys feel like if, if there is path full pass through quality in a headset that Apple comes out with in a couple of weeks and they show it on stage? How would you feel about that? Like as a as a piece of technology, like is You're that useful about tech or is that seeing your face, right? Like they can see someone your eyes. seeing your eyes <clears throat> through the front of a, an otherwise opaque headset. Yeah. I think I, I think that's just marketing gimmick that they're they're misinterpreting. I think um, my theory, um, based on conversations of people, um, it's going to be just become a standard that makes you think that people are looking at you. I think there's going to be directional lights. There's going to be like a do not disturb um, kind of hues that I think people will associate. Oh, the headset is like a reddish purple hue <laughs> means do not disturb. Leave that person alone. Um, we're going to start seeing color cues and maybe mm. that could lead for, you know, lights and colors are are a, a very fun way for VR to detect statuses of things. Um, we, we, we mentioned it already. We I, I going back to Quest Pro and my excitement. We talked about the future of spatial, which is VR just being a small component of it. Everything is interacting, talking mm. with each other. Um, I, I I hate you know bringing things from other topics, but it, it it's almost related. Bradley Lynch released a video a few days ago showing the power of mixed reality using a Valve Index because the Valve Index has color cameras, and he was right. showing um, his pup um, running around with a tracker, oh, and it was that was amazing. It, yeah, so these are very basic case studies that you can start applying to. This is what how about how old is the index now like almost 10 years it's it's insanely old it's but old now yeah, yeah absolutely look at that thing think of those logics with new technology and what I've, you could do it's i've not seen a lot yeah. of and and just that's we don't have that link rowdy but if, if yeah. you're able to find it um sorry so yeah, sadly it Bra it it's bradley um <laughs> yeah Brad basically showed a composite video i'm just looking for the um the, the dark very early on yeah <laughs> so basically just for our audio listeners, right? Yes. So it's a composited video where there's a dog and through mixed reality, there's like a punch through hole, very yes. similar to, um, what was it called? Facebook or Oculus or meta workrooms? Yeah, they're, they're where, keyboard tracker. Yeah. Where you had the ability to punch through to reality and you could see your hands on your keyboard, keyboard but yeah. the rest of what you were in was your working space. You could also use that to kind of draw into the environment. And so, yeah, you see this this dog who's like yes. represented as a, a kind a of a cubic rectangle, you know, in, in, their, in space. But yeah. Such a good block. Such a good the, block. Such a good block. <laughs> this is a good boy. And this is um this is just a fun a fun pass through feature, but yes. like one of the things I I don't think I've seen used very often, like in the original Vive, they had that lovely like fisheye lens pass through, which which streamers loved, and they used that all the time. But the Vive in or sorry the uh, the index in terms of its capability to pass through is not something that we've seen prevalently. In, we haven't seen that reason, used a lot. And in, in the reason I'm bringing that up, Zim is. It's yeah. spatial data. It, it, it's it, it's most the limitation right now is engineering framework. How can you make these magic use cases feasible and easily done by you know and developers and mass? So you have to build streamlined tools for it. And this is where it gets fun. You can't you can say whatever you want about Apple, 
but Apple knows spatial better than anyone. Their AirTag systems, their spatial mappers, they have been doing 3D stereo sound The AR platform, the measurement yes. capabilities. Yeah, they've been they, gathering that data for 10 so, years now. So now imagine what happens when a spatial, anything with an AirTag can be tracked and brought into, you know, your virtual space without doing any calibration oh, or any We're going to talk about that later. Yeah. So it's, it's very fun, um, the, the potentials. I think... They're Spatial, well positioned yeah. to, to, to they're actually very well positioned. I feel like to to come in with a wrecking ball, like do a true Miley Cyrus on on mm -hmm. VR and AR right now. And um, I know that's a that's a wonderful image. Right. See Tim, Tim Cook naked on a wrecking ball flying into our, our living room. It, I've it's been dreaming not. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about but the still, Apple headset. Like, I mean. I, I do understand the discussion of like you know is this going to be like a flop by like like a part of the tech yeah. scene because I don't I I don't think although it's going to be a technical marvel I don't think that this is going to all of a sudden be like wide adoption like the iPhone was I I don't Agreed. see that happening I think I think this is like a slower yep. progress where you know you see like more and more applications developed and an ecosystem comes around it and then you can start getting value from that when you know this starts having them in classrooms or in like garages or like whatever it is when, but like Jose said, I, I think like the, the application uh -huh. or the target here is more business rather mm -hmm. than like personal home use. I don't um, know. I, I've, I'm going to come in from a different side and I know we've talked about this before, so I won't belabor the point, but I think they could solve because they've got Apple TV and that whole thing and all the licensing, they could solve the cinema. What is the thing that's gotten the back broken of it because of lockdown and all that? People stopped going out to the movies. And yeah, more people are going back out and getting into that. But this is a great opportunistic time to launch a platform to do basically what the big screen team envisaged way back, like 2015, I would say, and literally dominate media at home through this headset. Like, put me in a, a cinematic experience that's better than IMAX in my chair right well, when i can sit down and do that you're a social nerd you know like you love doing social nerdy stuff but like there's a ton of people and i have a ton of friends as well who just love going to the cinemas not because to see a movie but it's just like kind of like to get that experience because like a major thing for me is like you have a limited selection you don't have like a thousand movies to choose from no you have only have like you know 10 movies you need to choose from you need to pick yeah, one true. you go there yeah. That's it. The movie starts at a fixed time. Nobody's flicking through Netflix trying to say like, oh, we're going to watch this. No, I don't want to see it. Oh, I've already but seen you, that. This you that. can't blah, market blah. that, right? Like, th th this is <laughs> no, the point that I'm no. making, right? Zim, you can't, you can't market, right? If experience. you're going to sell a product, right? Even if you're selling it to a business user, I, yeah. I've got Nathy on my shoulder now because he used to say this always <laughs> about, about how the Asian market would get marketing wrong. And it's like, you've got to find something that's got appeal that will sell to people, even if it's a business use case, even if it's replace your laptop Screens. so that you can do spreadsheets in an AR headset on the go on the train or whatever. Like you got to find something that's going to sell. So what's what's that? What are they going to come it's on stage with and show? Screen right? replacements. It's the it's the screen. At the end of the day, Rowdy, Rowdy, you, you mentioned it. Like people want to be social. You know what the blue bubble is. And there's a reason why you mentioned your your strong will against, you know, want to stick with Android. That blue bubble, just apply that same logic to seeing, you know, and, and Palmer mentioned that. He said, uh, it's not good engineering, it's marketing. You're going to see Lady Gaga with the VR headset. You're going to see all the best rappers. They're going to look like snow goggles. And people people are going to pressure the, the high-end 
business case. And remember, we think of enterprise, but you know, music creators, editors, what happens when you see a video of, I don't know, Linus Tech Tips or NKBHD, these well-known computers and, and, and you see them, oh, I have 30 high-end retina screens and I'm, you know, editing at, you know, large scales. And you can bring in people but, like, to well, see that screen, and now well, you can collaborate because sure. they and know I, I, I completely, I completely agree with that. But I don't think it will replace cinema. I think it will change cinema. No, for example, it will I change think, it. Yeah. I think, for example, agree with you. You would have like a cinema where people would have to bring their own headset, and then you know you go in there, everyone tunes in, everyone gets that's to see working. the same kind of that's thing. That's not happening. Oh, no, 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 I, no, that's never I, happening. I think, that's never I think, happening. I think we'll see that. No way, because I'll tell you why. <laughs> and uh, I certainly um, have some experience in that. Do you remember when Real D 3D came out and it was the the specs that you would have? They were kind of not throwaway, but you'd have to pay a dollar or something on top of the cost of going to see a film. And you'd go see Gravity in 3D and you'd be like, wow, this is like next gen cinematography. Um, but that died off. Why? Because, again, it's. It's not ubiquitous. It's 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 a thing you have to buy on top of its additional cost, its distribution. It's more mm -hmm. physical junk to just have around. You think people are going to bring, like bring your own device on your phone. You think yeah. people are going to come to to a place like a cinema, sit down with their own wearable, sit there side by side with their friends eating popcorn and drinking Coke and watch yeah. something. It's in a, what, a vibrating chair like that? I don't think it's going to be goggles, but I think it, it. I think that is the future that they're leading into. Eventually, you will have glasses that will essentially show you that you're synchronized with other people watching it. Yeah. And if you and, and through bone conductivity, you can whisper to yourself, "Oh, this is stupid," and they can hear you. So you're going to have it, it, once again. We think of of collaboration and spatial. I have friends, and, and this is like a really big and. And Zim, you have you have kids, and you and you probably will agree with this. Like kids love video calling them their friends more than calling. They don't like the idea of of conversations like that. So eventually, spatial will take over. They, I don't think a phone is going to be it. People message themselves on Discord, you know, mm -hmm. messaging. You're going to see collaboration or people watching movies where they're not going to be seeing each other. Why would you want to look at somebody else? You're looking at content. You're going to have a lot of different hooks. Like big screen does it really well where you can throw popcorn or, or little things like that. Yeah. I think that's where you're going to see nudges, maybe little te quick text messages off the fly. I know. Um, we, we talked about social yeah. before and Rowdy made a really good case that kind of brought me to a different way of thinking on a previous podcast saying that, we're not ready for social to be the marketing point behind Apple's headset. We're not ready no. for grandma to have a $3,000 headset just to say hi mm -mm. to my no. niece and nephew who mm -mm. take yesterday, my two-year-old threw a plate into the air for like, I don't know where my other two kids never did that, but it's like, what's going on here? No. But like, I, I, I agree with that. Social probably isn't the leading case for what would sell this headset. So what will, is business, business really have you have you ever have you ever been excited take Microsoft or Apple at a business use case? They didn't sell the iPhone off of a business use case. That um, was photography, web browsing, right? And 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 a huge library the, hooking in the I, iPod at the time, right? Minority report. Watching full films in 169 no. and stuff. No, no. But like My, it, it, what it, they do in the in the movie Minority Report. The nah, as many screens feely. as you want. I, I, I think, think that would Apple, be really cool. I really don't I think, think Apple's really really going to awesome. go after that. I think Apple wants to show this to the 
production editor, the large workflow stock trader, the X-ray well, like, doctors, the, 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 the prob- engineers. The problem is, what, what more can a- you do than just on a big screen? That's what I'm saying. You mentioned the big screen, but the big screen is with you always. <laughs> what happens when you have your This podcast super... is not sponsored by big screen, by the way. We just <laughs> no, said that word no, no. about 17 yeah, times. I know, right? They, they did smart on that. But what happens when you have your 100-inch curved you know, editing screen with you everywhere you go at the airport, at the yeah, Airbnbs? I'm that's in, great. I'm, yeah, I think that's, that's great. Be... I really think, and you're that's right, Jose. Horrible. That is, you can never no, no, no. take a day off anymore. It's like, oh, you know, I, I that's don't work exactly today. what Apple you know? wants. No, it's just like you're on the <laughs> plane. Exactly you can work they for want. eight hours. They know. But I, they I, I, I actually am starting forever. to. I'm starting to see the point that Jose is making because what happened in the last ten years, right? Since YouTube came onto the scene, spreadsheets, and now being a YouTuber, for example, is is a valid career. Video editing is a huge piece of humans' lives for a lot of people now where it wasn't before. And they might actually have ability to sell and garner enough attention Privacy. to get their nearly million headsets sold, even if it's a 3,000, if they can replace the workstation. If they can yes. replace the workstation and actually make it an all-day wearable for productivity, then you would sell... As, you, as you're saying, Jose, you'd sell to the video maker, you'd sell to the person who's doing that. You're not selling it with the Microsoft way of looking at a spreadsheet. Fecit, you wouldn't show a spreadsheet almost at all. They might flash it. like. But The spreadsheet is what made the original okay. computer sell. And and it's really funny where they, the Apple understands this. The, um, you said right now everybody wants VR to be adopted by the gamers first because they thought that that's the way adoption looks like. Computers, personal computing starts at the highest of levels of people that require personal computing, which is enterprise, engineers, doctors, healthcare, the the editors that we mentioned, people that really require powerful Mm -hmm. workstations. What made Apple very, very important back in the early thousands, because that's kind of where I was really at the thick of it being a help desk tech, you wanted a Apple computer because they their their tools were better for video editing. I remember when Apple announced their transition into Intel devices from their PowerPC yes. processors. Editors were pissed. People that did videos and compressions they were upset because of encoding and the changes because they were there is a there is visual quality. There's a reason why monitors have the little Adobe RGB on the corner. Those are little things that we personally may not care about, but editors do. People that send them out, cinematographers, yeah, still, cinephiles, like color grading. Yeah. The, color the, grading. Issue, the issue is still like, you know, I, I agree with the display, but like, for example, if you talk about video editing or programming yeah. or any kind of computing, you need heavy computing power. Right? Computing power has only been increased. And I don't see Apple coming out with a point. headset that is going to be beating a, a, a pc they are exactly that's exactly what they've been pushing you no longer need a exactly five thousand dollar screen you now need a iphone and a headset that has 100%. the color grading screen and you're done now you're now you have do you know what apple announced it's exactly what enough, i just experienced last week the, they just yeah. released they just released uh what is it called adobe after effects for the apple ipad os so I that means this. it's going to be native. Like, for example, yeah. will, will, will it have CUDA encoding or like, will that be built in? Like, how can they, it's how can they XROS. fit? In 
No, no, no. Know, I, I, I'm not I talking about think, operating system. I'm talking about I don't think the amount of horsepower. Hardware. Yeah. So, but that's an important uh, thing, though. If you're a video editor, you need GPU encoding. If you're a programmer, you're building algorithms. The iPad Pro can do GPUs. 4K video. The, 4, the iPad Pro does 4K. I think does, the latest one does 8K <laughs> video editing. Sell, sell, sell them a slice on the cloud. Yeah. Sell them a slice on the cloud. AK, we are That's there. all you do. You say, I've got that data center. Process on your headset. Do the processing on the cloud. Vario does that. Take it off of the device. I mean, it's like, I, I, I am hearing, I am hearing a, a, a very substantial kind of use case here. Yes. And I, I really do feel like this cloud is expensive Nexus. Too, I, I understand that the Nexus of technologies have gotten to the point. Like we've had our, our Stadia's and. Um, various other technologies that have been just itching to, to have yeah. success and they haven't. But I think that in the background, Apple always, not always, but very often being on the leading edge of tech and design and those use cases, right? I feel like we're just about there. We're that point of inflection. So they might have a product that is powerful enough to literally replace your workstation. And if that's the case, that might be their whole pitch. Apple, I still expect to see media. I still expect to see media. But... First. Apple starts creator first. They're, from the very beginning, all of their money. computing, all of their computing moves have always been computer <sighs> first. It's just Apple got better at making phones. And so people started looking at, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're associating the VR with the iPhone moves. No, look at Apple one, look at the Apple two, look at the Mac line. And then so you start will, seeing so are you, are the you Mac saying, Mini was called Four Creators on the Go. The, yeah, <laughs> what do you yeah. think the, the, the XROS is going to be called? But, but do you think it's going to then replace iMac, replace MacBook yes. Pro, or do you think it's yes. going to work in sync with that? It's going to, I think we're going to see the end of the MacBook Pro, and we're going to see the MacBook Lite that has enough GPU and CPU performance to edit, but may not have the right visual cost for color grading on that. But that paired with a headset that has the 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 displays for powerful color grading, that is, I think that's going to be the new power user kind of approach. It's I, smaller, I expect it's the modular. slipstream. I expect a slipstream. So mm -hmm. I think there is no getting away from what I'll call tethered VR yeah. right now. Same. I think you're going to have to run it off of an iPhone or a Mac or something. Yes. I don't mean it can't be, it's not inoperable without that, but for the grunty type work, I think that's necessary right now. But I think the yeah. vision they're going to paint is one where that's gone. And maybe they're not ready. They're yeah. not ready for that product yet. I.e. the headset that can stand on its own legs with nothing else supporting it kind of like again kind of like where meta is going with the quest pro yeah. right where it's standing there and it is the device but even the quest pro doesn't have enough grunt right at this at this yeah. point I, to just, be a, I just don't believe that like i i always think that at least up until this point we've always had you know pcs becoming stronger and stronger and stronger and sure like we sure. can catch up with mobile devices but eventually, the demand for computing power is constantly increasing, exactly. increasing, increasing as well. Apple knows so that, I, bro. Yeah, but I, I just don't see it unless they indeed work with a cloud and they, you know, everyone purchases a. But that's going to be insanely expensive. Vario, to, Vario, the XR3 I know what you're model, the XR3 model, which is uh, behind the scenes. Um, I don't know if this is still the case, but the XR3 was the one that Apple engineers and people that were designing products for the targeting hardware of what the Apple headset will be or was at the time. The XR3 was the hardware device that was being used to develop on this. 
Um, based on that information, they know that there is no way or feasible way for you to create on another one headset. There's going to always be a demand for high processing. They know this. That's the reason they always, you know, refresh their hardware line. They, they, they understand this. I think right now what Meta is doing is the reason why they're also hurting is that they're selling a vision that we now want. We want the idea of powerful all-in-one headsets. Yep. We want powerful computing, but I just spent almost $4,000 for a 4090 on a laptop because I needed it to power these headsets. It's, uh, it's the cost of graphical performance on the computer is still very, very inaccessible. So the best way Let, for you to create yeah. confident adoption is to be honest about it, even if it's expensive, because the value case is there. If you tell somebody spend $1,000 for a laptop that has a lot of powerful, you know, computing capabilities and graphical capabilities, but the screen, you know, may not be a $5,000 screen, but if you buy a $3,000 headset, that's now giving you access to technically $100,000 worth of screens because you can put literally 20 HDR10 screens running at 120 hertz. That's different. What about this, guys? Okay, I've got an idea here. And I'm going all the marketing back to the iPhone when it launched. When the iPhone launched, I remember it very starkly because they launched the iPhone and they had the iPod Touch, uh, which had similar functionality, but no, no 3G, no... Uh, yeah. Wi-Fi connection. You couldn't get internet on the go. What if they do that with this device? So this is my idea here, right? So they've got the headset. Headset itself is probably $3,000 in Apple's money worth of tech in this headset. But with that, if you want to use it on the go, on the train, in the office, or whatever, wherever you're going as a mobile workstation, you apply to their subscription. And you will probably need to do that over like LTE data, 4G, that type of thing, right? And so they'd be partnering with telcos, uh, telecoms providers to be able to give that um, essentially subscription model. But the processing side, Rowdy, um, I agree with you. Having tin at home that sits there that uh, you've purchased a computer, right, is expensive. And the processing in a data center is also expensive. But what you have is this interleaving capability. When, when you have virtual slices of memory and CPU diced up, you're not actively using that or processing that 24-7. And so the cost of that in a data center model, leveraging cloud, being able to do offloaded processing could be enough to bring the cost of that to a point where you could say, pay a monthly fee and you can use this device anywhere. And you can use it anywhere and you're using processing on us and it's going to give you the grunt and they'll... If they were going to do this, if I was marketing it, I would say it's going to give you the same as, I don't know, the M1 chip or whatever the latest is from Apple, you know, on the go in this headset, and you can do it anywhere. You don't need any other devices. Like you don't need to bring your Mac. You don't even need to bring your iPhone. It can interface with those devices. You can drag and drop pictures if you like or whatever project files. That's that's the vision that I foresee, given the conversation we just had. I, 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 Still, I, like, I you agree know, with you. Up, yeah. up until this point, you know, when, when you're reserving those kind of computing power in the cloud that's like built by the second or by the minute yeah i so, really don't think we're going to see cloud i i think i think zim's on the right track but it's not going to be the cloud i think it, it's the, it's like the question do you use your headphones for only one device <laughs> you know you're going to have a powerful device that's going to give you infinite screens or one powerful screen and you're going to be able to pair it for movies and from some basic, you know, 
phone-based editing on your phone. But if you are doing actual work, you connect it to your laptop. If you're in the living, you know, it, it, it's going to connect to multiple devices. You mentioned theaters. What if movie theaters, you know, end up incorporating a lightning bolt on the seats and you do end up seeing that that reality where too much, you can Too much infrastructure. In. Exactly. Too much That's, infrastructure. Look, yeah. like physical changes and physical tethering are things that I think from a design perspective, we have to get away from. Like to say that I need to have device A and device B together. I'll go so far yeah. as to say even having an iPhone and earbuds that you can lose or forget or whatever. It's just, it's it's too much kind of faff. And Apple's always been a real purist in terms of their design from everything, their interface, the security features, the, the walkthrough process when you first get their device and set up. <laughs> I feel like it's got to be all in one. It's got to mm -hmm. be there. Um, you, just, you just you answered your question as you said that Apple's really good at creating products. So you know their i their their headphones are mini computers. Why would they say, "Hey, you, look, you know mini these mini computers"? computers? Their 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 earpieces have spatial sensors. They have depth sensors. Oh right. Yes. If they if if it detects tumbling, it sends a SOS trigger to the Apple Watch and asks you if you're okay. If you lose one and you're walking away, you're, it tells you, hey, you may have dropped your ear pod, go walk back up to it, and it will show you the, how far wow. it is from you. So they, I mentioned it earlier, they know spatial computing better than anyone. What they're going to release is a very, very powerful display replacement. They want, they're gonna be like, okay, okay. yeah, sure, spend $1,300 on a 55 inch TV for your little apartment that you never bring people over anyways, or spend $2,000 so and buy yourself you a 400 inch screen. It, it's, have you Sign met here. modern, have you ever met modern like techies? No, it's, no, it's honestly There's, true. No, 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 he's like what Jose's spitting is the truth, right? Like I, I hear that. But then again, I, I, used to be I hear one of that. Them, man. <laughs> I'm speaking but from if experience. If you have a family of four, then you need four of those devices. That's $12,000. Well, you can engineers oh, people that have a lot i i manage when i was working help desk it for a hospital i literally had seven screens showing me feeds of servers like imagine if you can do that on a pop-up literally put on your glasses and and you're done it's a lot of it, people will will, yeah. will, will 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 bite a lot of people this will bite and the increasing the productivity and for example who which one of you said it the college kid right who does better as a result of like i understand Right. If they're trying to put their and what, what I see with Apple, why would you release in 2023 if you're not ready with your whiz bang product? You want to put your foot in the door. You want to get in so you're not forgotten. So you don't lose out in the long run. Right. Because at some point you've got to decide when do I strike? And definitely last year when Meta made their big kerfuffle of, you know, the metaverse and we're changing our branding and all that shit. Right. Like they they. um they made so much noise that I wouldn't be surprised if a company like Apple's like, come on, guys, we got to we got to get a shit together, get something out the door and make yeah. a name for Apple, because it's not just these guys, you know, who, so they're who gonna own do this what space. They do best. We need to own this space. But I'm yeah. going to be so honest, we need to though, start. If, if it's just screen replacements, I'm going to be disappointed. Why? I would be the same. But I would why? be the same. I agree. It's a, I agree. A, a, a really good screen. Maybe you guys haven't bought a really good screen lately, but the HDR10 no, okay. 120 hertz screen starts at about 600 bucks. Yeah. But you can so, look at it with multiple people. 
Yeah, but who exactly. is who, who is sharing their their monitor, their personal PC, personal computer monitor with multiple people? That well, I, era, work, the era of the family computer has changed. Everybody has laptops. Everybody has mobile devices. No, Nobody I, really shares I screens like Rowdy. that anymore. I, Maybe no, the, no, 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 that's not true. No way. They would have to so, change the entire system how I work. That's exactly. what they want. My entire work, yeah, but I understand that's what they want. But if they come out and say, like, this is our device, it replaces a screen. Me as a business owner, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm going to invest in this and wait unless for the ecosystem to be developed. Unless you get told that your employees will now have 100 screens of work in front of them at all times. And you will be able to get an update on the screens that they're looking at. And they need to be able to see my at. screen too when I show them something. All right, lads. But I'm going to tell you what. Yeah, that's... I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> Sorry. We're all very animated on this. I I'm so this. glad... That was the first of six small news bites in the quick news. <laughs> All right. I'm zip, gonna, I'll I'll, I'll this is not a main topic. <laughs> it kind of is. It, I cheated it and I put it forward because <laughs> right. honestly, as I said, it's it's kind of a flogged horse. We've talked Apple before. I wanted to get it out of the way so we could tell talk some new stuff too. But I'm glad you were both both animated about it, opinionated on it. It makes for a good podcast. I've enjoyed Call our three-way fight. Um <laughs> What, what was I Jose? What? Oh, no, I said, call me, Tim. I know he listens to the podcast. Oh, call, yeah, 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 I'm sure. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Mr. Cook. Um, okay. So anyway, if you're interested in Apple tech, tune in to the WWDC showcase. That's at 10 a.m. Pacific time, Monday, June 5th. Okay. So that's coming. Um, now, that's, that's very much AR and VR all blended into one at a price point that many of you will find impenetrable. Some of us who are Android users are probably also going to steer clear just for that reason alone. Um, I used to be I'm in the Apple, e Apple, Apple ecosystem, and uh, if they bring something killer, they might draw me back. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, never those winds are going to have to be pretty strong. So with that, uh, with AR finally coming towards our lives in perhaps a big way, uh, let's talk a little bit about what Niantic has been up to, for those of you who are big into AR gaming. Um, now, there's not many AR gaming titles that are out there, but Niantic have a really strong pedigree. They started with Ingress, they went to Pokemon Go, Poke uh, Pikmin Bloom, which was another one where you were collecting flowers, and now Peridot, or Peridot, however you want to pronounce it. Um, this is kind of a, a, a an AR Tamagotchi, is probably the best way to describe it. This game has launched... And get it both on the Apple Store and Android stores, Google Play. Um, the coolest thing about this tech, and it's to some extent in support of where we're going with AR, um, is the ability for smart sensing in the environment. So being able to, on both of those platforms, not just an iOS operating environment, uh, be able to sense, for example, that there are flowers in your environment and have the creature then react to those, maybe pluck something out from a group of real-life flowers overlaid with an AR creature who's wandering around. Uh, you also have an ability for kind of um, depth of field uh, trickery. So, for example, the creature can plonk along your desk, this little cute thing that you hatch and grow up over time, and it can duck behind a monitor uh, and then come back out again. So it it knows what are objects. It's not perfect, but I've ploy played with it, and... Um, that part is kind of neat. And the idea of, again, a virtual Tamagotchi that would follow you around is kind of neat. I feel like the form factor, though, and I'm sure Rowdy will feel this as well, is like Pokemon Go, you know, you're trapped on a you're trapped on a mobile phone screen on your cell phone. You're walking around. It feels really dated. And at this stage, it feels really antiquated. Um, 
So right now, I'll say for Peridot, my impression on this is that it's kind of totally passable. Uh, it feels like an enhanced version of Pokemon Go, and I didn't feel any real attachment to my creature, although some people out there are saying, hey, it's good fun. Uh, I just game downloaded said, it. Uh, I just, uh, just <laughs> press, like, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I think, I think this kind of tag is fun yeah. and uh, yep. nice to play around with, so uh, yeah. I'll, I'll One thing go. it's good about Rowdy is that at some stage it tells you, like it's, you know, breadcrumb trail telling you to upgrade. And as you're learning the game, it says go outside. Now, I personally, I said, feck that. I, I'm not, I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. I'm not going outside. Does it I, say I did like that right in Pokemon Go. Screen? What? Does it say it right on the splash screen or is that like their tagline? Go outside. It, it's like, uh, they, they feed it to you in objectives. It's like, oh, go for a walk. And it's like, do six kilometers oh. of walking or something. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah, no, no, I'm good. You know, um, but it's very similar. If you played in the Antic game before, you've got the overlaid map, you've got things you can do. And it seems like as well, if there's people in your local vicinity who have pets, have virtual pets, your pets can mingle. Like you have a dog, I get a dog. Our dogs can get to know each other. I don't know if you can make friends through that. I haven't gotten to that point yet. I've only played with it for about a week, but Rowdy, give it a shot. You you walk outside more than I do. Uh, but I'm not gonna make friends. Yeah, like with like, other. Yeah, you don't wanna you don't wanna you don't wanna meet with the demographic that's probably playing this game. No. And this rugged no, bearded you. man just shows up like, hey, wanna make friends? Hey, you got a paradox too? <laughs> no, so I don't. Funny. No, I don't. It looks no, really no, no, cool no, no. to me. No, bro. <laughs> Yo, that's like when you used to. Do you remember the Pokemon Go days? You'd be driving with your car. And you'd see people like doing the, <laughs> yeah. the catch swipe on their phone, and you're like, I know what you're doing. I know what's up. Um, but the thing that really excites me is not what it is right now, but that I think this is going to be their flagship title for what's coming next. Uh, mm -hmm. We saw before Niantic had teased their outdoor augmented reality headset shown as like a reference stock headset. But the idea then that you could live the game seems much more interesting to me. Uh, so you could have grown up your little creature and they'd walk along with you as you're walking on your way to the train station or getting on a bus or walking to your car in the morning, that type of thing, right? So that's pretty neat for a headset that you can wear outside uh, and that is designed for that use case and then fits you right into maybe not even just one, maybe a whole host of different Neantic games um, on the go, you know? So I'm, that's that's I'm, pretty cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious what this even exists, honestly. It, it, it's, yeah. I, it, 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 Nintendo, you mentioned it earlier, Pokemon, and, and they, they have the Pokemon IP. Nintendo has been, they have Pikmin, another IP from Nintendo. Nintendo's been pumping so much money to them. I, I see this, and it makes me kind of wonder, is like, was this either a Pokemon game that kind of Nintendo kind of went like, nah, we're not in it, we're not interested, and they were like, oh, we have all this development, let's ship Don't it out, so. or they're trying to incentivize Nintendo to say, hey, this this is the future of Pokemon. Um, well, they clearly have a strong relationship with Nintendo because they've they got the IP from Pokemon, yeah. they've got the IP for Pikmin, um, these are big IPs. There's, there's, there's more as well that I they don't have in this the list. They changed the core from the gaming side. Po the, the Pokemon Go phenomena was yeah. bigger than Nintendo anticipated because it actually fundamentally changed actual core Pokemon. And they, and I don't think Nintendo ever expected that to happen. And right. Japanese com Japanese companies are very. Uh, they're very vengeful about things like that. They don't. They they in. in Maybe that's the reason why they, I, I don't know why, because 
I'm not uh, sure there's a beef the, under this, Jose, but like, yeah, what, what, you think the, that Niantic and, and uh, Nintendo were fighting it out now? Like, well, behind look, the at, scenes, the, look at the Niantic video, case video last year, where they yeah. show Pokemon Go AR. It's the same weird technology, but with different monsters. And I'm like, oh, like, what happened? Like, I, I just yeah. see that. I'm very curious if, if hopefully. I think I, it's more that the world man. has. Uh, in the in the statistics behind the scenes, I th I think that we've cooled off on Pokemon Go as a populace, you know, and I think yeah. they're that we're ready. They've tried to push it again a few times, but sometimes the ship has sailed, the hype has died down, and you you know the patient's not coming back to life. And I think that that's where we are with Pokemon Go right now. I hope, but not. I I, I want a Pikachu with me, man. <laughs> I I really like I I yeah. think they could do that. Now it would be mm -hmm. awesome if Niantic, for example, if they're not ready to launch on their headset, and I, I'm not going to drag us back into Apple. But hey, maybe they could do something if they can if they need something that's high prowess, you know, uh, high population, big study. IP. Yeah. They could they could combine that with their headset. Oh, now, I don't man. think they're going to be going the gaming route at all. I think it's like gaming in, in current day Apple products. I think it's going to be kind of the forgotten. It's the 14th thing they say in the keynote. It's like, right. oh, and you can game as well. <laughs> Here's three games and let's Candy get on crush. with it. Right. It's not a. <laughs> It's not a, a a lead seller for it, but I am looking forward to seeing if walkers and joggers and all that kind of thing might have a headset that accompanies them. And, you know, when they're on their run, I think that would be really cool. So. So that is Peridot, Peridot, a new AR game for you if you like virtual pets, uh, which I've been waiting and waiting for us to get any decent virtual pet in VR and still not yet. Um, OK, let's get on to some VR game news. So a couple of. Kind of dicey things that have been announced recently. First one, let's start with Demio Battles. Um, team behind this, Resolution Games, have uh, tweeted out to mention that Demio Battles will be a standalone title. A uh, bit of a shocker, actually. So we've heard about this for some time. It's meant to be some kind of PvP Demio battle where you've got... Um, you know, the characters of Demio fighting off against each other. So you can actually not just go PvE, but instead you can go against each other. They've released a whole bunch of different chapters, different books in, in the Demio universe that have been quite successful. And now their next foray is to develop, oddly, a standalone title, which in the immediate term seems like might be shooting themselves in the foot. So I thought I'd tease this out with you guys and figure this one through. So why in why on earth... Would you make Demio Battles, this PvP mode for Demio, standalone? Why would you make that all by itself? If you're unlocking stuff while you're playing the normal VR board game, you're you're loving your character or whatever, they're presumably the same set of characters. And why why would you make it a separate product? Money? Just to go get sales? Nah. I'm I don't think that would make a lot of sense. I think it'd be the opposite, right? right my, yeah. my initial I think, I think you'd sell better if it was combined. Like, yeah, I, like like kind of follow the walkabout model where some DLC is free, some DLC is paid. Like, why not make it paid DLC to extend the game for people who aren't just playing it solo because it feeds a kind of a different base, Although right? Because it's more. It, it could be like, you, remember the Medal of Honor kind of thing where they had like you know that added kind of thing that they then afterwards removed so, and you could download it so like maybe it's like for people who only want to do the pvp mode that thinking. they don't have to buy the full game so it's going to yeah. be like at a reduced smaller cost uh maybe that is the intention 
engagement uh, costs. So it's cheap, uh, cheaper to get in. So like, for example, sell that yeah. for a tenner and then you can just jump into that if you if you think that sounds cool. Yeah. Like you're into Smash Bros, but you want to do it with Demio characters and you're like, yeah, yeah let's just do it. You, you won't get better... any of the stories, any of the, you know, the special yeah. kind of maps or whatever. It is just only the PvP mode. Uh, free to play and, model. Yeah. Kinda. It's a it's a tweak free to play model. Uh, Call of Duty does that now. They where they have the free to play, you know, uh, Fortnite competitor. But if you want to play the story mode, then you just yeah. buy into like an additional thirty bucks. Or if you've been playing the game for an extra amount of time, you get a discount. It's just, I, I it's just that, weird, right? Like also, why why take a multiplayer game and yeah. then siphon off a multiplayer feature? Cost of engagement. Um, some people cost don't want to spend. Be. They don't want to spend seventy dollars for just playing online. Some people, or the or the opposite, they want to play just a story and they don't care about the online. And the online online games, you know, they're mm. they the messaging has been so tarnished because there's so much you know free to win stuff happening now. So there there's also messaging and also VR titles. You, you know what? Are you know what I think it is. I think it's compartmentalization. Sorry to cut you there. I sorry. Just, yeah, go ahead. I think they're uh, because because of tweets that Resolution has said before, and I, I don't know anything secret. Um, I think that they're trying to make sure that they can follow a model like what's been successful, successful for Walkabout, where they can partner with other teams and potentially then expand what Demio is. If they added the battles mode to it, it would mean that if they make a new book and let's say it's Disney characters then they would have to also have battling Disney characters, you know? So if it, if they compartmentalize it and they shove it to one side and they say, this is what Demio, i.e. the tabletop game is, then it protects the IP from having all these other mm. components. And it also frees them up to do things with that battles title that they, that they don't get um, re required because it's combined to do everything right. that Demio does. Like the next time you add a book or add a character to, to main core Demio, it's going to have to be in the battle mode, battle right? Mode. Did, did Nintendo do this with Smash Brothers or something like that before? Mm. I mean, they've, I think they've, they've just done, paid they to have special, all the characters They make in, special right? variants of games all the time covering. I, yeah. I, I think th that's exactly where I was thinking, but not through because of licensing. I was thinking more of development. I think they're fundamentally mm. very different games that just stacking up different engines on top of each other would have made it like a bigger, maybe overall download size. And they're like, Maybe we're working with a bunch of different studios and the quality assurance just makes sense saying, hey, PvP, this team handles it. The the core game is handled by this team and and so forth. And and they are able to do exactly what you said, which is expand you, the lore, the brand and the What do you see different though between those two? That's the I'm not I'm not seeing it because nothing. to me it's just you've got your map and your characters and it's multiplayer. So from a netcode perspective, it seems to be exactly the same maybe or the at least code. drawing from the same base maybe not maybe maybe uh, i don't i don't want to it's very it's it's gonna be tricky for me to say this because i'm definitely not the resolution is one of the best <laughs> development studios out there i love but it too, could yeah. really be it could really be a development limitation maybe they don't really have a a okay. a uh an efficient way for them to connect all of these games and maybe what they turn Maybe hmm. that's what's happening. Maybe switching between games is just relaunching a whole different game engine or a tweaked engine, and it's different games. They're like, you know it's, what? Let's yeah. just let's just make a different title. You know what? I'd honestly like Resolution to come out with a statement about this. Like once yeah. the new full news of the game is out, because I'm confused at the strategy choice, um, and I keep trying to re resolve it for myself. <laughs> it's like I don't 
I don't know why they did the, the separation. And it reminds yeah. me of when Valve decided to segregate um, Left 4 Dead 1 and Left 4 Dead 2, where Left 4 Dead 2 brought with it all of the Left 4 Dead 1 characters and maps. And it's like you're, you're, you're deciding to divide the community. And it's but like that was assets, and that's exactly that's that's exactly what Left for One One and Two were running on a different fork of the same source engine, same game, same engine, different forks, two different entire systems. Even though they were kind of the same, maybe that's what's happening with with Demio, where they're like they're the same know. engine, but they're tweaked um, enough that it's relaunching no, the yeah. the game again. I have no idea. I have no yeah. idea. Um, I, I, again, we're we're we're, we're kind of guessing here to some extent, but yeah. um, it the weirdest part for me, and this is like the podcast of weird tweets, <laughs> <laughs> like tweets of, with mystery attached, unsolved mysteries. This is just another one of those. Have you um, ever? Have you guys ever launched? Um, this is very. I mean, you probably you guys probably had because it's really early Steam days. But do you remember the original Valve? I don't remember what it was called. The Valve Aperture for the for the VR that showed you a bunch of different VR games for the Steam the lab? platform. The Steam, the yes. The oh, lab. of course. Have you yes. ever seen the actual lab launcher where it's actually one game and there's actually thirty different games that you can actually manually execute? The lab launcher. I mean, that, I know so, it used so, to pop up in a window, so, but what do you mean lab launcher? So the aperture, the aperture game was actually one game that actually launched multiple different executables. So different VR experiences behind the scenes. It looked like the, one whole game. Oh, I didn't like, know that. Like the robot yeah. scene or like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so there are actually different game scene. instances. Yeah. Yep. There are actually different games that are actually being ran. So I think that's what's happening with Demio where they have the launcher and they're like, oh, we're relaunching this game multiple times within the headset. They were like, why do that? Maybe, maybe there is a behind the scenes... Um, huh. rule that meta doesn't allow you to have multiple executables in one weird installer. yeah we're gonna have to figure this one out over time i'm I excited think. So, now you got me thinking <laughs> I'm yeah, I don't know. let's fix like, it together man <laughs> all that i see all that i read into this is if the answer is simple they would have just included it in the main game and yeah. because the answer is complex it excites me for their projections of what's coming next in other yeah. words they have confidence in what it, the reason they spun this off and it means they've got plans to expand both of yeah. those now, you know, landscapes. Doesn't so seem anyway. shady. And I, and I, and I know no, exactly what you're saying. No, yeah. it doesn't seem shady. doesn't seem shady. It just feels like we don't have enough detail to even muse at why they would do it. And it's kind of interesting to noodle on. So mm -hmm. thank you for noodling on that with me. All right. Next up. So big fan of puzzling places and the multiplayer the long, long, long wait. I feel like it's been three years now. Uh, long multiplayer closed beta is launching this weekend. So if you've ever played Puzzling Places, which is a wonderful little game, great backing soundtrack where you assemble uh, pieces of real life geometry, like a beach scene, um, a castle, um, a, you know, a Japanese dress, for example, and you're able to piece this together in broken apart puzzle sets. Now, realities.io, the company behind this, uh, are opening the sign up for closed beta access to multiplayer. Um, one thing I will just say about the little teaser trailer that we got is that there is this lovely like um, avatar that you have as the player who's looking at this other person. And I don't know if those are gonna be customizable, but a really cool looking kind of creature 
alien-esque, kind of friendly looking. Somewhere between, yeah, like a gray and, I don't know, a rec room character. <laughs> kind of if those two had a, had a love child. Don't picture that scene, please. I'm sure AI will do that for us in a couple of years. Um, but I have to say that Azad and his team have been working on this for the last couple of years. Looks really fun. And I can't wait to assemble big puzzles like with my wife or kids so that when I'm going puzzle insane, which Rowdy has seen plenty of, I can do it with some friends. <laughs> Maybe even friends afar. Um, well, there you go. That's that one. I think they've even got thousand piece puzzles now, which if if you take on like a castle with just a bunch of gray bits and some greenery like trees that have been scanned. It looks like LiDAR scanning. Um, my God. Yeah, you have to you have can a start special on that, sense uh, of self-torture. You can start on that this weekend after you finish Firmament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediately yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rowdy's my taskmaster, right? Um, All right. Speaking of, speaking of games that uh, Zim loves that are from his, uh, his past last couple of years, T for God. Uh, by Void Room, finally has a release date, which is great. But even better than that, they launched a new isometric trailer, which I've never seen before. We have very few of these room scale games, and even fewer that are this special kind of impossible spaces geometry, non-Euclidean space, where space folds in on itself and you're confined to your little grid. So they feature this little robot walking about the space that shows how T for God actually works, um, normally in T for God, you have a kind of, I'll call it an accordioning nine box grid that fits to your play space. So corridors are either a bit more narrow or a bit wider if you have a bit more room to play with. Great if you have a, a nice big indoor area uh, that you can play around with. And even if your space isn't perfectly square, you can still avail of T for God and have good fun with it. So I recommend people check this one out, but that's releasing on July 19th. I'm so glad that's finally coming. If you like things like uh, Eye of the Temple, for example, or going way, way back, what was that one? Um, uns not Unseen Consequences. Uh, shoot, I'm not remembering the Steam game. There was an original one where you had to get on hands and knees and undo grates with like a little screwdriver and crawl through them. I've never seen that. It's going to bug me now. Someone in chat's going to know that one for yeah. me. So thank you. Thank you in advance for for bailing me out. But that's T for God. Have you have you guys gotten a chance to play T for God before? I don't know. No, I've never played. I mean, I've I've seen you play it a ton, like, uh, but I've never tried it myself. You okay? So first off, Jose, that's a terrible sin um, because you're I in know, the arcade space. I, I, you got plenty of space. I, I felt really bad. That's why I got quiet. Like, Man, that's one of the ones I prefer to play. Seriously. Um, Maybe now wait for launch, right? Because the yeah. game is really cool, but it's got like a Dune style vibe to it that I think you'll really dig. Um, mm. The idea is that you're like a, a mercenary and his wife went to the, I'll call it the king of the kingdom because I don't know if they're given a name and then was killed like on the spot or whatever. And so he's going to get revenge, but he has to travel almost like in Half-Life Alex, where you've got the Spire, the Citadel. You've yes. got to travel all the way to there. And so you have to do that through this impossible room maneuver. And so you're going through all these robots and you can you can befriend little robot dogs to be your buddy and take out other robots. And like the whole thing, it will bend your mind in a way and you will forget where you are, just like in a location based experience. But the fact that it's custom to your local space and you can kind of do it anywhere. This has to be homework for you in the next like oh, two months. I'm on it. Please. Put T for God down. I want to hear how you find it because you can get lost. And like when you come out of the headset, you have 
no idea which way oh. you're oriented. And the, because it's really like almost monochromatic, it's very like low color. It's not bright and vibrant. It's like uh, almost like a sepia filter or something. Mm-hmm. It's got this great steeped feeling, like very low story. They're not telling you a lot, but what they don't tell you is there. It's like it's there mm-hmm. as part of this this progressing through this map. Um, so I'm really looking forward to what they're going to do. Uh, there's supposed to be big vehicles and stuff, but again, the, the experience should feel somewhat like, and again, I'm not saying Half-Life Alex in the way that it had story and, and how that felt, but you're heading to the Citadel, right? And you're trying to get there. So really curious what the end game experience is going to be like. Hopefully they don't pull a Lost or Battlestar Galactica and fuck us over in the last 10 minutes. But, you know, I'm looking forward to see where that story leads. Um, that's okay. to be for God. Yeah, definitely. Definitely keen to see what what uh, someone as uh, LBE experienced as yourself. Thanks mm-hmm. to that. And Rowdy, when you get a chance, you know, take your quest on a trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, put it in a pouch. Okay, a little comedy spotlight. Some of you know I'm a big, big fan of uh, listening back to stand-up and stuff like that. Comedians are a big deal for me. So I caught a VR segment there recently on uh, Your Mama's House, uh, which I hadn't heard of actually before this clip. So VR pulled me into this again. But Your Mm -hmm. Mama's House and YMH Studios is a seven podcast cornucopia of boundaryless comedy. Some of it's really good. Some of it will be too much for some of you, I'm sure. So again, caveat emptor in that. But Tom Segura is well-known, longstanding comedian who does this podcast called Your Mom's House with his wife. Uh, And also, uh, she's a comedian as well. I had no idea these two were married. Uh, Christina P., both great dry humor. Um, And they went on to talk about Quest 2 and Tom's uh, recent addiction (laughs) to Onward, uh, where he's playing intense, you know, five versus five multiplayer games on Quest 2. And he could be talking about all number of titles. He'd be talking about Breachers, or he could be talking about, you know, Firewall his experience as he's talking about, you know, going through that with uh, Christina is really interesting because it's a real opposing views of VR. Tom is obviously into it and he's Joe making jokes like saying how he's talked to real vets and how the experience is pretty much exactly what they went through in real life. Um, and Christina's chuckling away at all of this, but then goes on to totally disparage people who choose to play video games and worse so uh, about VR users, you know, commenting that she's never been drier, uh, that men choosing to play games is a real, you know, turnoff for her. Uh, but this yin-yang was just really tickling between the two. And obviously they're a married couple and some of that's in there. It's a seven minute um, show that can be found on on YouTube if you care to check out a bit of comedy and have a bit of a chuckle. Um, and just search for Tom War Hero or Tom Plays VR. <laughs> and that'll get you to the clip. Nice, nice. I love Tom. I love Tom. He's good. He's good. I I feel bad that his partner in crime, Burt Kreishner, is kind of an alcoholic and has fallen off the bandwagon to some extent. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Tom's solid. Tom's Tom's really solid. And and also his the the speaking about that video. It's funny enough. uh, Family family members sent me that. Um, Hmm. They were like, "Hey, look, check it out." You know, it's really cool, man. It, it, It 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 it's very interesting where clips like that kind of always remind you that vr isn't there yet and the stigma too right you still see that that anti-gamer like i would never be with somebody like that energy and it's it's very interesting that it's there's always little reminders of that right it's exciting but also does it (laughs) now does it it gets me it gets me excited when i see someone like that who's Mm -hmm. infatuated with it who's clearly addicted to the whole thing 
And it just makes me excited again for VR. Like I, yeah. I just go like, oh yeah, he's got it. He's, he's one of us. Mm. And you start chanting and you want to go play Breachers or something like that. Right. It just made me excited for Firewall again. I'm like, yeah, yeah. send me to Fallujah, man. I want to get a, <laughs> thrown on the ground, you know? Um, so that's, so that's that. But yeah, definitely lit my fires up. So uh, thank you, Tom, for sharing your love of VR with us. Um, and speaking of entertainment, take your Dramamine because the ship's about to get bloody rough. All right. We're on to the segment I'm going to call Meta Madness, which they always seem to have something stupid to talk about. So let's go on to the next one. All right. This is this one I'm going to call Beat Saber minus the beat. Uh, the lead music producer, Jaroslavic Beck, uh, who's who's uh, been a real push, real drive behind Beat Saber since it started, is moving on. Uh, this is after Meta acquired Beat Studios in 2019. Now, while that feels like yesterday, geez, it's been a while. You know, that's four years ago. Um, so in a tweet Crazy. on Thursday, uh, Jaroslav, or Jaroslav said, After six wild years since we founded Beat Games and launched Beat Saber into the VR universe, I've decided <clears> to step down from my full-time role as a music director and head of the studio to prepare for what's coming next. Now, I have no idea what that alludes to. Uh, we're, we're certainly sorry to lose him because the music in Beat Saber, all the classic tracks and stuff, um, really solid tunes. You know, I really liked his music. Um I'd say I'm a guy who hasn't been in Beat Saber for probably a year, year and a half at this stage. I've moved on with my life. Some people still have it as a daily just driver, like I'm sure. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I suppose just like him, we've moved on with our lives. Um, so will that do any damage to the studio? I don't think so at this point. I mean, they could ride music packs from now for the next 10 years and Beat Saber will still be a thing. Um, but I'm curious what is going to happen next with Meta. Beat Studios and what's their next play? The last thing they, I saw them do was, was multiplayer, which saying, sucked. Oh, was his statement saying there's something new coming? Like he said, for something. No. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, to prepare for what's coming next, I think he's moving on for what's next for him. Yes, and I also okay. read into that also what's next in the industry. Okay. Again, we talked about Apple before. What if Apple came and poached him? You know, and for an exercise or music thing, right? Like something like that. So reading into his tweet. It doesn't just sound like, hey, I'm going to pull a Carmack and go work on something else now. Mm -hmm. K, thanks, bye. I feel like he's still in the industry, but he got poached. That's what mm -hmm. it reads like to me. So let's wait and hear a little bit about that, right? So um, with that, and I'm going to take us back down memory lane for those who've been in the Rift ecosystem for a while since the Oculus Home days. Um that was the place. Oculus Home was a place you'd get trinkets and be able to adorn a multiplayer environment where your friends could come over and you could show them your giant Tyrannosaurus Rex or nice painting you had on the wall that you'd unlocked. And it used to be that anytime you would spend time in Oculus Home, kind of like your new Steam environment for VR games, they'd reward you with unlocks that you could unbox and present would come out and you'd get something rare or ultra rare or whatever. Um... And I remember that because it would queue up and queue up and you couldn't open all your boxes. And sometimes I'd have 70 items to have to churn through over two hours opening live on stream and item after item. And sometimes you get cool stuff, but it was arduous and laborious. I'm not surprised, but guess what, guys? Support's been halted. So Oculus Home is dead as a doornail. And we got this in a support article that was posted to Reddit where some of the support staff have said uh, that Rift, the Rift software had recently been uh, been stopped. So that's a little bit sad because I do remember that space being quite 
cool. It had fixed size objects, which differed from the Vive Home, where you could scale anything to any size and it didn't feel very real or realistic. Whereas uh, Meta's decision or Oculus at the time had decided, okay, we're going for fixed scale objects. So if you get something small, it's bloody gonna stay small. You got some rewards, trophies. Sometimes if you got an achievement in game, you get a game box you could put on a shelf. So it was kind of fun. I hope that comes back in some way, shape or form uh, by Meta at some point. Um, will we ever see it? I have serious doubts right now, gentlemen. I really do, because they've tried, they've tried, and they've faltered several times. Um, I don't know if it's in the cards for Meta. Maybe someone else needs to build it and leave that not to the platform holder. Um, so that is Oculus Home and the home wreckers that are Meta. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, the other thing I would say as just a final little piece, and I saw a tweet uh, from Nathy that went viral, uh, one of our old cast members, um, and Meta are again, I'll, I'll call it this, uh, trying so hard, so very hard to look cool. But I think on Mark's watch, they're doing the opposite. So the new project is very similar to Ride, and talks about Meta trying to dabble into visual anchoring. So with a quest in a car or a plane, for anyone who's tried it in that environment, you'll notice there's a fair amount of float and the world kind of rotates in a very weird way around you. Um, we didn't have that problem back in the 3DOF days with like Oculus Go and stuff like that, but on a quest, try it in a moving car, it doesn't work out. So Mark uh, was trying to show off his uh, journey in a car, again, in a very awkward, now meta way, uh, of cool things that quests can do or will do in future. But honestly, my opinion is it's not helping the impression at all. Not one iota, right? Showing off like half-baked meta models and funky clouds flying outside your car and then claiming that somehow this is fun. I mean, I, I want to hear your guys' impressions of, of this video because I didn't like it. I think it, it's Me just either. another one of those sad paintings and Mark needs to get someone in here who knows how to market because this yeah. is doing damage is my opinion. They don't, they don't, that's exactly it. They don't really understand who they're going after. They, they really want to go and impress people who are building infrastructure. But when you look at spatial anchoring, what exactly is being anchored into the vehicle? When you think about it, that they're using the, there's a reason why hollow ride exists. Um, the hollow ride, what they're doing is they're using the car's actual sensor data and visual data that the cars does really well and spits that to the headset. They could have easily, Meta could have easily gone to this company. Hollow, and funny enough, I think Hollow Ride made a post about that, like resharing yeah, it, yeah. where they were like, I think what's happening is, and, and it's, it's a messaging issue, is that Meta really wants people to know badly how much you can do with their headsets, which fundamentally falls down. And, and maybe that's the reason why Mark himself is the one trying to do the videos because he's trying to prove. I dude, think at this point, they're showing AR Flappy yeah, Bird yeah, right? literally, in the car yeah. and yeah. calling it fun like? and calling it work productive. You, you know, you know what this feels yeah. like? It's like, this feels like it's part of a slide deck that you would like, show as part of a presentation to like your high impact yes. investors like you know like when you have like yes. 10 or 15 people he's publicly that you consider, trying to impress yes and, and then and after that slide deck then you say okay so you've now seen the experience now you're going <laughs> to experience it yourself and then you know everyone gets to put on the headset take a ride in a car that's kind of how this 
you know, feels like it should have been yep. done or like like how this was intended to be. But this is not something you would release because it doesn't have the same impact. You know, this is just the something you're is, something no working on. Good VR. And now you're going to experience that yourself and then we can discuss the investment or something like that. You know, that, that's kind of how this feels like. <laughs> What, meta, what are they doing, like man? Me, what are they doing? Meta, what, are they, what are they doing? I don't know. Guys, tell me, please. How does this hard, make sense to anyone? <laughs> failing hard, failing fast. <laughs> failing hard, failing fast. They're, <laughs> they're trying to figure out what's the best way to show VR without getting somebody in a headset. And they have been doing everything from showing Mark getting into a VR headset and fighting to showing him into a car driving. There is no fun way of showing virtual reality. I, I deal with that myself. You know, I'm selling systems that that pair with headsets and you have all these you see videos and test footage and marketing ideas it's like there is it's very difficult to have one blanket form even mixed reality doesn't always show know, you man. the right way of show the, you know the value of vr I, I agree with you like mixed reality yeah. has its limits it has its places yeah. and it does it works very well for a 10 second clip to say hey you could be in the game right uh, for, for someone vehicle. who hasn't done it before but i really don't understand why are why is Meta, like Meta and Mark, going on this journey of embarrassing, you know, it's a really, for, for those of us who know what the tech is possible, is capable of, and what's really fun and inspiring from a gaming perspective, to show us something as lo-fi as this, as if it's interesting or fun or the future, I think only hurts. Only this tweet should not be there. This they should not do inspire, others of this. Yeah. They're impressing investors. This was meant for somebody who's going, to, who's going to make the experience. <sighs> like they, they, they show you the technology infrastructure and they want somebody, they probably wanted somebody like Holoride to then reach out to them and say, hey, how do we tap on to this new tech? We want to bring this to there. But instead, nobody likes Meta. They don't know how to do the messaging. This is them publicly trying to impress investors that their technology can do a lot of things and let, let me we're, you're looking at it as an investor you're not oh, impressed let me That's, let me answer yeah. this right so meta had for about two or three years great high production uh cinematic uh, trailers essentially showing off advertisements of their games that they could do and i games. thought those did a great job of showcasing and giving you that feeling of, oh, what is it like to be in VR, right? Even if it was yeah. a little bit on the cinematic side. But what I don't understand is why they don't show more of human reactions. Like humans like, and, and our mirror neurons fire off when we see another human react. Like if you want to get somebody who hasn't touched VR before bought into it, show them somebody who's trying VR for the first time or yeah. trying an experience that's actually well-developed delivered they've got plenty they've actually they are the market leader they've got plenty hardware plenty <laughs> software show that stuff off that comes back to that part where we where we said that there's a shift in like the target market like yes, meta yes. used to make ads for consumers you know people who would buy their product for that specific game or that specific yep. experience and now it feels again there's that shift you know, towards a more a business environment, people who are going to develop applications using their technology. Is this ad again, this is not targeted for, you know, anyone wanting to for consume us. or play no. Flappy Bird in, in VR. It's more again and aimed also, at an investor or, or someone who's using technology. 
and thinking about and back to 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 what to what Zen mentioned before you, Rowdy, which was exactly they made really good trailers for games and yet they stopped. So clearly they saw something in their charts. May and, and this is something that a lot of people yeah. please don't crucify I've been crucified on Twitter this weekend enough. I don't wanna I don't want any more beef on Twitter. <laughs> but I'll say this. Yeah, yeah, I'll say this. I'm gonna carefully say this. Meta probably won the VR gaming industry. And the reason I'm saying that is that halfway through their messaging and adoption, they pivoted to business. So maybe they realized, I think we dried up the well when it comes to gaming adoption in VR. Now let's For go now. up to the For next now. forefront. And they're realizing that Apple is coming. Apple clearly is going after the creators and the developers and the infrastructure people. And Meta's realizing, oh, this is how adoption is going to go. And yep they're they're scrambling this that video with like it, they are scrambling the, that's what it feels like it yeah. feels like they're scrambling and they i don't, don't want i don't like seeing that i don't they like don't seeing that because they've been in this space now right for a good solid 10 years right counting all the way back to oculus's early days and it's like you need to you need to show it you need to feel like you're the the heavyweight now i know they're they're going to be scared of apple you should be always scared of apple yeah. But, but it's interesting to yeah. see that because you have those two now like knocking on the door like you have like, I mean, we could safely say that at this point, the leader yeah. in the market, being in business, being in gaming, that's meta, right? But right now, now we got PlayStation, <laughs> yeah. you know, banging on the side of the gaming. And then we have Apple trying to like take a chunk of that business kind of stuff. And Meta is kind of like they're left. Scrambling. Like they're, they're going to have to choose, I think. Or I mean, maybe they have the resources to, to go for both. But like... Uh, it's, it's interesting to see this this new kind of era come where, you know, Meta has been leading the pack for so many years now. And now you see like other big players coming up that's going to maybe change that entire market position, which is interesting. Yep. I love that. Yeah. I like that three way, though. I mean, I know at one point. I love three right? way. H- hey, the best. <laughs> Not this three way, man. We gotta, there's gotta be, there's gotta be more Why girls involved. We need Adam. She's gonna have fun listening back to this one now. All right. <laughs> I liked it when HTC decided, got, they're like, uh oh, we're not in the right space. Let's exit stage left and go take care of film, right? Let's go, let's go take care of film production and video and do that really well. And we'll still keep the gaming side and keep a gaming headset, but that's not like going to be our focus anymore. Like, I, I, I find that interesting. Um, I feel like they're still hanging on, though. They're alive, but they're limping at this point. Will they come back in the same kind of strength that they had when they really took a lot of the the the, the fanfare away from Oculus when they st- when Oculus stumbled with the Rift CV One? A lot of people don't remember that because they're you know they they joined in on Quest or whatever later. Um, but yeah, there was a stumble. Market share went to HTC for a good year and a half, maybe two years. Then, you know, Quest came out and like Rowdy said, and and Jose, to your point, they won, right? They've won that market. I wouldn't be surprised if we are at the dry part of the well now, for now, until a wider net is thrown because of mass adoption. And so fingers crossed, that's what Apple's going to bring us. All right. With that said, we have stuff coming at us, which is great. All right, what do we have coming up? Not just Apple's WWDC, nope. We've got PlayStation doing a gaming showcase, which will have VR featured, and Meta, of course, doing theirs as well. And here's what we know. So first off, the PlayStation showcase will be featuring first on May 24th, 
1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock in the UK. This is, this is what they've said so far. The show will run a bit over an hour, focusing on PS5 and PSVR 2 games in development from top studios from around the world. Expect a glimpse at several new creations from PlayStation Studios. I'm going to say that part again. Expect a glimpse at several new creations from PlayStation Studios, as well as spellbinding games from our third-party partners and indie creators. So that's pretty nifty. We've got a nice big... I love how PlayStation just show up on the scene, not having mentioned it. They're like, yeah, this is happening in a week and a half. And you're like, oh, cool. Um, now, there I saw a Twitter leak before we start musing about maybe what's coming out. Or maybe before I go to that, let's ask. What do you expect to see at the PlayStation Showcase for VR 2? I already have the, the thing in front of me, so... I haven't Ready's seen cheating. it. But I, I, I will I will definitely flip a table if Astrobot doesn't come to PSVR 2. Um yeah. that must be that must be announced. It's 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 um hmm. anything else? Yeah. The big one? The one that would look the one that would look great on a dark OLED panel. I don't I don't think it's coming. If you're talking about Half-Life, I don't see Half-Life coming. I, I don't see it. I, I think it's it's such a low fruit. And yep. it's the only low fruit that Valve has that I highly doubt it. I, I don't There's another think one. So. There's another one, big IP. Go on, Rowdy, you can show this off now and we'll yeah, spoil yeah, for everybody. It. So this is a this is a standard PS5 or PlayStation Showcase leak tweet. Okay. These have been proven to be fake before. Whether this is real or fake, who knows? I would just say that there are three uh, PSVR 2 titles listed on there. Uh, Rowdy, do you want to call them out? Wait, a, so, sorry. Just the VR ones. Just the three VR ones. Not the full list. Otherwise, yeah, we'll be here all say, day. Yeah, I was going to humor me there. Last of, last of Us in VR. Whoa! You know, oh, like, uh, no, no, sorry. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, okay. so that's out on meta and has been kind of a timed exclusive for, for some time now. That so I that's believe. maybe not so surprising, but I think that would, again, be a great addition to the catalog. And is that name, I looked around, I couldn't find it. Is Astro's Conquest a name that we've heard for Astro before? I don't... I think it has to be, has to be Astrobot. <laughs> Maybe a bigger no, 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 version. No. But what I mean is, oh. is there a flat game called Astro's Conquest at the moment? No, I don't no. think so. No. Right, there was another Astrobot spinoff thing, and they had the PS5 demo showcase, which was awesome, Astro's Playroom, uh, which I actually want. I want that to be VRified, because I think it would be awesome. But Astro's Conquest. Okay, so maybe that's... Maybe that's... Not, but why wouldn't it say Astrobot in there? Because I it's think... weird, right? The, I think you... Weren't you, like, running on robots? And, and, and I think the bot thing was something... Maybe that's what it is in Conquest is... Because the... There's a real uh, boy the, now? You mean he's gone through the whole, like... Uh, no, he was Pinocchio world. and now he's... I'm because a real the world Astro. Changed, you were running on platforms that oh. were robots, like the, the hands and arms and stuff. Right. So and I now think, he's and, Johnny Depp in yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean. That's right? what I'm thinking. So he's going to go plunder. VR, I'm ready. Get some booty. I'm, oh. Loot. VR booty is the best. Let's do it. VR booty. <laughs> when it comes to pirating. 
Treasures. Uh, you see, you see, Astro just passed out with like a bottle with XXX on it. Yeah, but Resident Evil 4 seems cool. Astro seems cool. I'm kind of with Jose, like, Alex, like, yeah, I don't know, man. You think Half-Life Alex is, uh, has a chance? If they up? announce half, my, my personal bet, if they announce Half-Life Alex for the PSVR 2, then they, I will, I will bet f- actual money that PC VR streaming is coming to PS5. Um, one or the other. It, it, it's too big Ooh. of a of a. It's their, it's Valve's only, you know, flagship game for VR right now. It's their only one. It, 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 I don't think they will release so that. Out streaming. Of the can you run that idea by me again, Jose? Streaming so, for. Yeah, you. How can would it do, work? What would it do? Yeah, you can. Yeah, virtual desktop, but you're using your PC to stream it to the PSVR too. Oh God, no, no, no way! Like. No, I think it would be native. Uh, so you think if nah. Half-Life Alex is coming, then they would Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what you're saying? I think so. Or or Holy both. Shit. Or or both, but I really I really do think I've I've been screaming to the mountains about this. I really think that we are going to see all in one headsets really being paired with the Xbox and the, PlayStation 5 how do they, platforms. Explain to me as a business lad. How mm-hmm. does that make sense for Sony? They're not making money if it's streaming they already, from They already have PC PlayStation to, Now on PC. Out. They already have PlayStation Now. The PlayStation uh, device suite have native uh, hardware drivers on Windows, on no, Mac. No, 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 they, no, no. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not talking technical specs. I'm talking yeah. how are they making money? Or do I not you, understand what PlayStation Now is? Well, is it a subscription? You're now, or? You're, now, you're able to get the best out of VR. So now if you want to get into PC VR gaming, then you just buy yourself a PS5 and Thank your you. headset. And if you have a That's gaming the computer, then you can stream it. And we might even see PS VR now. That could also be a way that Half-Life reaches. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm hearing you. Now I'm hearing sense. So mm-hmm. what we're saying is you've got a PSVR. So buy our PSVR two, buy our PS five, right? If you've got an existing gaming PC, you don't need to buy another headset. You just buy the Sony one, right. and you now have open open door access to that whole library. Yes. Um, and so you're saying that Sony's appetite and whatever they're making, I feel like they're still getting too little of a sliver uh, on the sales of the PS five and the PSVR two to for the damage damage right the damage yeah. that would be dealt by allowing licensing on steam including it's steam sales happening. and stuff like that to yeah. undercut their sales on the platform more than it's happening now so that's allow, why i think it's unrealistic what if they allow vice versa what if you can also play through steam vr ps5 streaming and now you're able to get some kind of value on both sides but i really don't think that's going to happen i really think it's going to be ps5 streaming from pc uh, or and you can play PC streaming to the PS5. I, okay. I think that's going to be the way to go. It makes sense for them. They already have PlayStation 5 and PlayStation titles on PC ecosystem. Yeah. They are fully aware of the PC environment, kind of, you know, cannibalizing that entire market. Um, people are trying already to break their devices to work on Windows. What happens if you end up seeing a viral tweet saying, hey, they're native drivers for PSVR 2 on Windows, and now you have yeah, 500. I, yeah. I think we're dreaming. I think I think this mm. is uh, it's a nice dream to have. I think we'll never see that day, I'm afraid. 
Yeah. I know. They're, uh, I think, I think yeah. they're a, uh, they're one of those like, uh, tweet leak or leak tweeters, whatever you call it. Uh, even though that they've got the name of Xbox, but anyway. I would love they're, it. I'll say that it, it's, it will be cool to nuts. see, see Half-Life Alex and uh, on that platform, they released the orange box before, but I just, I, I, I'm going to give you one. Uh, Let's each take one thing that you would want from either PSVR that you want to come to PSVR two, for example. Ah, in fact, now I can think of two. Um, I got to pick. I'll pick one. I think Wipeout should come because I think that they have a lot of like um, clout from people who like speed and racing, driving racing games, but they don't have the futuristic, realistic um, Wipeout saga. So they could bring that whole bundle to PSVR 2 and I think it would do quite well. That would be my guess. But what about you guys? So PlayStation is coming with PSVR 2 news. Anything you think that they should lift forward or they might likely be. Oh, an official accessory for the DualSense. All right. That would be cool. All right. The, the, sorry, the Sense controllers, I think is what they're called. So um, to, to snap them in. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would, that would work well. Um, that's good. What about you, Jose? Um, um, the wish list, something that I want to see or something that yeah, they should do? Yeah. Well, uh, you can, wish. it can be wish list or okay. so, something coming yeah. coming back from PSVR, for example. Okay. But my just, wish list, uh, because I'm a big, I'm actually a really big PlayStation. Just one. Yeah, no, just, no, no. Just, just one. Just one small thing. I really want to see Ape Escape. Uh, it's one of my favorite really? PlayStation oh. games. I feel that it would make so much sense for VR, just like using the controllers to just use all the weapons and grab the, you know, the 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 the, huh. the, the AI controlled uh, uh, monkeys. Oh, I I love that game. I would love to see that in VR. It just like ah, how does that? I, I I've I've seen it before, but is it is mm-hmm. it um, third person? Or yeah, what kind third of third person? Okay. Yep. And would you imagine the VR mode being first person or first kind person, of swap? Yeah. yeah, I just want to run around and just beat the crap out of the little monkeys and then grab them with the little little um, traps and, and contraptions. It, it just makes sense for VR. It would be cool to see. All right. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Um, cool. Yeah. So look, um, one other small thing, which was a recent leak, and for those who are big, big into Resident Evil Village, which is the eighth in the series. Um, there was a potential leak for the name of the of the ninth game, um, which is potentially called Apocalypse, with the L and the Y becoming a one and an X <laughs> for nine. Um, you'll have to see the leak tweet to to understand how okay. that yeah I'm uh, trying to, fits. Yeah, you broke my brain trying to like I was trying to draw it in my head. It's 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 difficult, but when you read it, you're like, oh yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, so Apocalypse being Resident Evil 9, there's a few things that are, again, potential leaks. And I'll just call out three of these to save us time. Um, first off, it's meant to be single player only, following Chris as he heads toward the BSAA in Europe. The ending is apparently resolving around sacrifice of a loved one. That's pretty, um, unsurprising for a Resident Evil title. And importantly, Lady Dimitrisk will return. And I'll tell you, lads, that's all I need. <laughs> Lady D can come back and I'll buy the game. That's fine. It's like the, <laughs> it's like the Avengers at the lady. end. It says the Avengers will return. <laughs> Dimitris will return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. Dimitris. Um, 
she's she's cool she's cool very very large lady um very well animated in vr and very nasty and i like i like games where you've got nasty things that you're up against so um wow. would be fun to play a game with her and again They're pumping those games fast yeah it feels like it either that or time's just going quickly but just to recap so um if you're looking to catch the playstation showcase that's may 24th 1 p.m pacific 4 p.m eastern 9 p.m uk if you're looking to catch the upcoming meta quest gaming showcase that's june 1st 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern 6 p.m uk and the apple wwdc is june 5th 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern 6 p.m uk so We've got a lot to watch between now and the next podcast for sure. Um, so stay tuned to these events. Um, I would recommend if you can watch them live. It's fun to see people's reactions live in chats and stuff like that going. Um, or watch somebody who's broadcasting them and rebroadcasting those events somewhere on like on Twitch or YouTube or something. That's quite fun. So that is the end of our quick news. Uh, let's move on to... Our, let's <laughs> thankfully the main news is shorter this time around. Um, so let's 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 step off our steam engines, remove our top hats, and take a wee break to share the spotlight with one of our our second uh, sponsor for this podcast. Um, well, if your mother didn't teach you that it's rude to point, then that's that. This game is for you. Rogue Ascent VR is the I like to call it a Rudy 2D point and shooty game that takes a veil of your finger guns and puts you in a futuristic environment while looting and shooting your way through a jam of fun-filled fights. You're up there in space, might as well make a make a show of it. Um, it's the most capable hand-tracking game on Quest at the moment, and I think you'll be taken aback by how natural feeling it is to move about with your hand-driven powers uh, in this quite challenging experience. Um, it's one of the best roguelike games that VR has to offer at the moment. It has boss battles, procedurally generated levels for every run, and multiple classes to choose from so that each run feels fresh. That's Rogue Ascent. I'm a big fan of it. It is, at the moment, my favorite hand-tracking game overall. So uh, there you go. Check that one out. There's so few that do it well. Yeah. Um, their, their guns are fun as well. So they've got a nice, nice array of colorful neon weaponry. I like that a lot. Okay. So with that, on to our first big one. <laughs> I say that. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and I read on my own page here. Right. So Fox News, my favorite of the <laughs> reporters out there, Fox News reported on this next one uh, entitled How Creepy Augmented Reality enables seeing through walls. Uh, the video really sells this one. In short, MIT's Media Lab have used a Microsoft HoloLens and using wireless and computer vision, they use RFID tags placed on objects around the room, hidden in boxes and like that, even behind other items. And the wearer of this um, kind of retrofitted Microsoft HoloLens is able to tell where the items are located. So essentially, X-ray vision. Uh, working like a sticker, this antenna uh, gets placed on top of the Microsoft HoloLens headset. And it is referred to as an X-AR or XAR headset. What this does is it beams out as an antenna. It's beaming out energy to the RFID tags, which then light up and respond back. And a virtual map of the environment is combined 
to estimate the user's current location. Opportunistic measurement will help it locate the individual and the item. Once it's located, it is visualized as a holographic globe. Um, and this has kind of interesting use cases, such as uh, in a warehouse to restock inventory, returns for like customer service, you know, hey, shirt's here on this table, where does it need to go back to? You can asset tag and all that while you're wandering around in a particularly normal way with a Microsoft HoloLens on your face. I'm sure that won't make customers nervous at all. Um, in manufacturing, you can show task order for assembly, tools, for example, or help error production and productivity rates by speeding up the process. As an additional bonus, um, you get to have a Batman costume for your kids at Halloween because this thing looks really, really bizarre. Um, yeah, and that's that's kind of it. That's our X-ray vision. You know, that's going to help us uh, tie it over until we truly can walk around with an X-ray headset patch. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> as some of you uh, close to, to this, these kinds of devices will uh, know, uh, in recent times, uh, some of the bigger manufacturers of phones have had to remove depth sensors from their phones. Uh, I remember OnePlus having to make a real hard right turn all of a sudden uh, because they were able to see through clothing. It's like, oh, I can see your underwear. Oops, maybe I shouldn't be taking selfies here. Um, and so they had to take the depth sensor as well as I think a cost and perhaps those reasons out of the MetaQuest Pro kind of late in the day uh, versus uh, versus their original build. I'm interested to see how this goes with the Apple headset and if they navigate around that as well. Otherwise, we could be seeing X-ray patches to our hardware devices in future that enable us to see more than meets the eye. So that is our X-Ray AR headset. Uh, that's kind of a nifty little um, tech thing there. So that's all right. Um, were you able to show that off, Rowdy, or did that not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the X-Ray patch just went live. <laughs> <laughs> we'll show it off. We'll show it off later if we're able. Uh, but um, I will demonstrate very briefly. It's a HoloLens <laughs> with what looks like uh, one of those flat, like electrical circuit board antennas. Go for it. Show the part. Why not? Give them, give them an idea of what it looks like, because we're having some technical issues at the moment. Thank you, Rowdy. That's enough to that looks like an advertisement now. Like we're just <laughs> there you go. There we go. There's the Batman headset that we know and love as our AR. So if you want to see an X-ray vision, there you go. That's how you do it. Um, sorry, you weren't able to see the full video on that. Um, next, <clears throat> maybe this one I should skip if we don't have video capability on the media scene, but, uh, okay. Okay, no worries. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll head to this next one. So Kaz, our relationship advisor, not, not to be confused with Kaz and Cherry, sorry, uh, is, uh, we touched on this one before, but this is because we're on the topic of creepy guy AR devices. I thought we'd bring this one back. This is Kaz as in C-A-A-S or Charisma as a Service. Um, this is now a, a picture showing a gentleman with a monocle, so just one eye, wearable, uh, overlaying on some glasses, where ChatGPT output says you what to say on a date in case you get stuck for words. So um, I just wanted to highlight that now we have a couple of different superpowers added to our baskets, fellow nerds. Uh, so now we have X-ray vision. We have relationship ninja skills with our favorite monocle. And uh, why not open a portal to another dimension? Um, now, this one, again, I think so. Rowdy browser sources is, is broken. So um, this like one you that. might not be able to see. 
you like the monocle, the chat GPT I like, monocle? I just like the idea of just, you, you, you know the term baby boomer, which was people that came from after the war to the United yes. States, and all they want to do was make families and make babies. I'm just imagining the next baby booming era being caused because technology has made all those socially awkward and people that just don't know how to build social bridges just start building families, and it's a baby boom thanks to technology. It's like... Wow. Technology. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so do you people, mean like yeah. socially inept folks who yeah. are supported by AI yeah. are going to help you get laid is what yes. you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Wow. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a baby boom. It's Good like, time. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. It's, it's that's amazing. A really, ooh, that's a really interesting concept because like could AI have a secret agenda Again, I'm thinking like the Matrix where it's like they're turning humans into batteries and they're like, we need more double A batteries. Can we just print some? Yeah, sure. So help Michael. There you go. Let's help Michael get into Linda's pants. You know, like that's That's amazing. The AI overlords might be getting you laid, but uh, it's evil. Yeah. Okay. It's a new new world. I kind of like it. You know what? I do like it. Yeah. Hey, why not? What's what's going to hurt go. more is when you start realizing that these nerds are having, you know, much more fulfilling relationships and and you just start being like, wait a minute, like maybe you should start listening to Chad GPT, man, or something like that. Eesh. I don't know. Yeah, difficult. It's kind of that same thing where like now we have VR and you can kind of pop out of VR, go touch grass and be like, hey, I remember what dirt feels like again. Um, it's a bit like that. But for relationships, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want a, a crutch in that way. And then are you going to remember what it's like to have a real interaction with somebody that's deep and connected and ever, meaningful? Would you be able to fall asleep at night knowing that the person who tells you I love you was fell in love with you because ChatGPT helped you <laughs> every step <laughs> of the way? You start questioning yourself, is it me or is it the chatbot? Oh, yeah. man, that's I love it. I'm with it. <laughs> New type of problems. Yeah, it absolutely is. All right. Well, I'll save the uh, Portal ARs one then for the next time because I think we can't show that off. Um, but All right. Let's talk two things then. So the first one, let's go back. Are you able to show the demonstration of that X- of the uh, X-ray headset? Because I'm curious to show them when they're showing it demonstrated. Uh, it was quite interesting just to just to see it kind of in that use case. And they show the depth map and all those things. It'll it'll help us with what's coming up in the podcast a little bit later. And with that, I'll I'll talk you through the other thing I'll have Rowdy show after this one's done. So Lee Vermeulen, last time we showed um, a really interesting thing where he was spraying water all over his PC in AR. Well, he's done another cool AR project, which is uh, the demonstration of, I'll call them Valve-like portals in VR, or sorry, in AR, in augmented reality. And so what Rowdy's showing, sorry, on, on the screen, just to snap back there for a second, is the RFID tag a user wearing the X-ray headset, which is a Microsoft HoloLens, and being able to essentially, in a scene, the antenna sends out the signal of the RFID chips, they wake up and they broadcast back, the headset interpolates and says, okay, where are you? Show it to my, my uh, headset user, and then you're able to like find an item in a box. So for example, if you're doing stockroom shelving and you've sold three blue t-shirts, it's like, oh shit, which box has the blue t-shirts? This one can do it. You don't need box labels. You don't need anything. The RFID tag on the item is is enough. So thank you, Rowdy. That was the perfect uh, little showcase of how that technology works. And again, that's in the MIT labs. They're working on that one. So the next one I want to show you is portals 
in AR, which is worth seeing because we've been talking about all the, the cool things that AR can do today. Um, and this is just showing a bunch of crates and miniature mugs essentially floating and uh, passing through two seemingly uh, room-sized augmented reality portals. Um, and I'm just going to give props to Lee, uh, who, who's got an awesome Quake poster in the background of this one. I'll just wait a minute for, um, for this to kind of come up on, on screen too. But basically he's taking his, his hand and passing, uh, from portal to portal. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool looking tech. And honestly, the portals themselves look, look rad. So I look forward to playing with this in my new Apple headset. Once Tim Cook sells me, <laughs> sells me on the idea, <laughs> um, someday. Okay, with that, let's talk about our second main topic, because we've been here a long time and my stomach is eating me alive. Um, so for our second topic, I wanted to spike the ball uh, from famous YouTuber, Marque Brownlee, uh, MKBHD, who featured and demoed Google Starline, which uses cameras much like what we saw in Xbox Connect era to map you with depth, depth sensors and then recreate your likeness on the other side of the virtual screen. So what you can imagine is, and Rowdy will show, the, show this in a moment, is you've got a booth type setup, almost like if you were gonna go take a, a photo uh, for a passport or a driver's license. So it's a bit like that. Just imagine a booth with a screen, however, in front of you where you see another person. And we've seen these technologies before over the last 10 years, but this is the first one where you've got the same technology that you've got in um, those uh, VR screens, right? They show you 3D presence like the Nintendo DS and stuff, and they show you the pop out without actually any uh, glasses on your face. And so these screens are tracking your eyes. They are demonstrating the subject and mapping the subject out in entirety. They're generating a composited light field behind the subject, and they give you full depth information. So through a parallax effect, when you're looking at someone, if, as if you were having just kind of a standard video call, but you, it literally looks like someone is sitting in front of you and you can see their full form factor. And the coolest thing about this tech, I think, is the fact that you can make full on straight eyeball to eyeball eye contact with this other human form. And so it's tracking your eyes. And as you move your head, you're seeing the actual physical representation of the person. Uh, in the video, they show picking up a shoe and an apple for example, to demonstrate to the other person. And in the flattened video, because your eyes are essentially getting different images to, to, to both eyes, um, it does break a little bit when you see the flat video format of this. Uh, but Marquez goes on to talk about the intricacies of the processing that are happening, the direct eye contact, the volume information of how that, as well as the re real, real light time kind of composition. And uh, aside from a few glitches in the matrix, it's like a really convincing... Check. I actually thought it was interesting to see that the way they recorded this was by moving the camera constantly. Because with uh, when yep. you're when you're recording, you only have a single point of reference, of course, when you're when you're recording. But when you're actually looking at it, you have that's how you perceive death, right? You have two different images, or or two different uh, light reflections. And in, in the case of a real uh, world scenario, that is um, that is uh, uh, displaying that depth, uh, and it is the uh, what they do in the movies, of course, is display a different image on each eye by those colored glasses or filtering of the of the of the image. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of cool. Like I'm I'm not entirely sure I understand how how this works or how it's done, 
Um, because I would assume that if you see the flat version with your eyes, that it would perceive without you having to move around, it would give you the depth just because your eyes are in two different locations. Uh, so that's not entirely clear to me how how that is. Um, thought, frames. Yeah, because I thought yeah, that by yeah. moving the camera, they're kind of simulating the two positions of your eyes, uh, perceiving that depth in the video as well. Yeah, that's exactly what it's doing. It's actually mapping out a literal 3D like image and it's using predictive movements to kind of like guesstimate where you're going to be on the frame. So it, the 3D is kind of almost like rendering it how you're going to see it before it actually happens. So once you look at it from that angle, you can see the 3D. It, it's it's really like exactly like the 3DS did. The 3DS was right was actually anticipating what you were going to see because it's a game, right? So it was anticipating what the, what the, mm -hmm. it's really cool stuff. But the thing is they're doing this real time. So the person who's in the other booth, right? Their physical form is being fully captured, right? It's their torso, it's not full body, um, but they've got their torso mapped, captured, modeled, repre represented in a model with all the composited elements around them, which is crazy because you're, you're not actually looking like through a camera at a person. No, the cameras are are modeling the individual and then presenting you the model. It's like, this is the final form, but it's close enough to reality that you're like, I'm looking at a human and I'm eye to eyes with that human, even if they're hundreds of miles away. And so my immediate thoughts of the application for this are like virtual hiring. You just go to a, uh, an interview booth that's near you uh, maybe the service is provided free. Google eats the data and both company and the candidate can leverage that, for example. And maybe, and again, this is a little dystopian, apologies, but maybe you could leverage, you know, the candidate, the candidate's like interview history to save time and also as a bit of a security gate. So if candidate Bob has decided to say, oh, he used to work in a clinic six years ago, it can be tied into all kinds of fact checking, background checks, like you can flag that and this guy to some extent, if he goes into one of these booths, he's fact-checked while he's talking to, say, Jose, who's the hiring manager, and um, his whole history is being fact-checked live while you're there sitting in the booth. You can even be looking at him in terms of... Um, uh, it's not NLP. What, like, uh, just a human motion, like, is this guy telling a lie? All those kinds yeah. of flags, right? But to do a better job at interviewing a candidate. And you could use it for all other kinds of things, but that's the first one... That, that security security is going to be a really big one um right now when it comes to like security for the next generation we use fingerprints eye print voice recognition now literal head shape your cheek shapes are going to be used in these new layers of security especially at, for yeah. interviews for for testimony for witnesses for remote court um those this is exactly what they're going remote after court. that's a great yeah. idea remote court is a great idea i no longer have to bring the person who's in jail to the court. I just bring them into a booth that's sitting in the jail and they can sit there and they can look like they're sitting there. But guess mm -hmm. what? They can't escape or make a runner, you know, yep. for it. So that's a great application. Now that I've seen the, the second video, I understand it more as well when you said that it's, uh, it kind of looks, it, it defeats uh, or it breaks the immersion a little bit. But it's if you look bit. off center, right? If you're, if you're dead in the center of the, of the view, because I can see the people like reaching out and stuff, mm -hmm. then it so, looks in full. So well, so well, no. So to, to the person who's in the seat, they can move around without their immersion breaking. What I was saying is the camera that's capturing it 
as the person is moving around or the camera is moving, you will see it, you're 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 unfortunately getting the like the left eye image, and then all of a sudden you're seeing the right eye image, and it looks like a hop, like a break in the matrix, um, and that's not what you see in the seat. Yeah. The only part that that breaks is like the way that the hair geometry for for Marquez, for example, is it's a little bit it's a little bit like a bad model, like a lidar scan or something like that. It doesn't look quite realistic, and so. Uh, it's it's pretty neat. I really want to try this myself in person at some point, yeah. right? I'm we're, we're years away from it, I'm sure. Well, it's but really one thing cool. that he didn't mention in the video that I think is probably what the real magic that Google is going to probably hold on to it is the mm. amount of bandwidth this doesn't take because most of the data <sighs> is happening on the hardware that's doing the predictive, you know, upscaling. So you're going to be like, just imagine that applied to a bunch of communication technologies it, it, it's that's the real stuff it's it's ai is going to cost save bandwidth not clearly communication it's 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 really cool that's the real oh, stuff I, yeah i see your point because instead of needing to send all that information we're just interpolating what his 3d form is and we yes. flat we basically flatten it to this is his object and all we have to then do is have a bunch of nodes on him that are detected and as i move i don't need to send all that information down the the, the stream i just need to say X has gone from 250 to 720, and that's it. I was in to, this podcast, I think, one of the earlier podcasts that I started uh, when I we talked about Microsoft Mesh, which was like the really yes. cool volumetric Microsoft. The reason that that technology hasn't taken over is because the data and the bandwidth it takes. But thanks to these new AI tools that are predictively telling you, hey, only show this. Once you apply that to, this, to that technology, you're going to start seeing a boom in graphics upscaling and oh, i'm yeah i could talk about that for hours and i won't so <laughs> sounds good all right well with yeah yeah we're really, yeah, really... <laughs> we're, we're, we're nearly at the next one um so -hmm. that is the main topics thankfully sorted if you've hung on this long thank you so much i thought we wouldn't have enough news this week this is crazy <laughs> um so it's that time of the show when jose's got the ropes and the megaphone Oh, and he gets boy. to tell us all about upcoming VR games. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think man. they've uh, they've been through enough at this stage. No, I, I think yeah. So, um, I, fortunately, um, I have I always go for the the the, the weirdest titles out there. Um, I'm weird. Or, or, or standing ones, but uh, he's doing me proud. He's doing me yeah. proud, Rowdy. He's doing so me proud. So, first one is Hello Neighbor: Search and Rescue. Uh, oh, it's cool. doing a PSVR 2 uh, and Quest and PC VR release on May 25th. Looks to be $29.99 US. Um, it's set in the Hello uh, Neighbor universe. By the way, that's 2418 uh, pounds. Uh, it's set in the Hello Neighbor universe. I think it is not the same game as Hello Neighbor. It looks like a complete reimagination. It's set in the world. It looks like there's a lot of more... Uh, missions and and it's pretty yeah don't really know much about it looks very interesting looks kind of reminds me of those like kids against the kidnapper kind of movies vibe <laughs> so i'm definitely very interested in playing that game home alone yeah same neither chased yeah i my my wife's like that she she hates same. being like chased or hunted like we played 
Daisy once, and she was literally in tears by the end of it because some dude was trying to hunt her down. Um, and like for me, it's the opposite. I love like Alien Isolation and VR and stuff like that. So I look at this game a bit like Subnautica in that mm-hmm. it's a game that on the face of it looks friendly, but it doesn't look friendly to me no. in game design. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be kind of terrifying, actually. I think it's going to be kind of like a horror game. Yeah, I like it oh. exactly that. In the trailer, kind of honestly, the the Hello Neighbor trailers didn't do much for that energy, but this one does. I don't know. Maybe yeah. seeing the other characters and there's like a, a a scene where you see one of the characters behind the cage and you're communicating with them. And yeah, it looks looks interesting. Um, but yeah, that's May twenty fifth, twenty nine ninety nine US, twenty four eighteen pounds. Um, next one I have is I like I love the name Crimen, uh, Mercenary Tales, um, and it's pretty much crime in in Spanish. Um, it's a I they haven't really said much about the game, but I believe it's I think it's episodic because they right from the initial messaging they say um, there's eight exciting episodes, so I don't know or eight missions. They 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 kind of went out of their way to let you know how many missions total they are. So maybe it is episodic. There's no price yet announced. Uh, hmm. May 25th. It kind of looks like it reminds me of the road for El Dorado, the movie. I don't know if anybody's seen that animated movie. Um, Sword fighting and yeah, yeah. Kinda... It's, it's it's a venture puzzle. Yeah, it's it, it seems like they they. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost feels like Wanderer had a baby with um. Uh, what was the uh, jungle one? Tarzan VR. Um, Tarzan- it was like Tarzan VR. Yeah, which didn't do it. Did episodic as well. It didn't do very well. So yeah, I don't know this this this. I'm going to reserve my judgment. Yeah, the mechanics look fun. Like, right in the trailer, um, I think it's like the final scene in the trailer. You see, it kind of made me think of, like, uh, 90s Castlevania for the Nintendo. But you see him, like, opening up, like, a book and, like, doing some, like, medieval, like, witchcraft. And also, you see the casket open. You see, like, this, like, vampire fly out. It definitely reminded me of, like, the 90s action movie and El Dorado adventure Indiana Jones vibe definitely very interested no price unfortunately yet announced but that's May 25th it right now it's only announced on the quest hopefully it comes on other platforms okay number three um I believe it's a classic at this point horror bar VR looks to be making its uh PSVR 2 uh release on May 25th also looks like May 25th is the <laughs> the magic date um this time around but yeah it's it reminds me of cook serve delicious but with a horror twist so all the food are like nasty you know foods and monsters eyeballs and slime and yeah instead of serving pizza you're serving you know eyeball fish goo pizza or something like that um but yeah it's it's making its psvr2 uh debut on may 25th 1999 us that's about 16 pounds and the last one that I that kind of snuck up last minute, um, it was a straight up DM on Twitter, uh, Dunfire VR. Um, the trailer makes me think of Pistol Whip and Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it's a hand tracked game. It's an App Lab uh, title. Also releases on May twenty fifth. Um, huh. It is a um, 
I forgot what they're called, rail shooters, uh, kind of like pistol whip. You're using your hands, but you do, you're, it's not just, you know, pointing, you're doing, you know, different hand mechanics for different attacks. So it's pretty much pistol whip and Dungeons and Dragons, you know, fused up. Uh, no yeah. price announced on that yet. It's an App Lab game, so I'm assuming it's probably going to be free at first. But yeah, that's all the games I have. What was, what was the what was the name of that last one there? It is called just let me make sure now you got me Dunfire VR, D U N F I R E yeah Dunfire okay it seems like we're getting like a lot I like I mean I don't want to like you know be too overly negative although I do have that reputation maybe uh, <laughs> it feels like we see a lot of like reiterations of like you know things that have proven to be successful in the past like we see that with that cooking game I mean. Because it's fun to show, but like a lot of these are like, they either have to be really cheap so you can get like, you know, maybe like an hour of fun out of there. And the last one as well, like, it, it feels a little bit, I mean, of course it's an app lab, so I can't complain about it, but yeah. it's, it's, it's like, I don't know, like, uh, it feels a bit worrisome for the state of, of VR gaming, but I think, that these are like. Well, we're also just before three major showcases, right? So like maybe That's, people I just have hope been holding... it's not going to be only tech i really think it's going to be only tech uh. yeah i think I, I call it refine refinement of what works right now i think the old school titles like the beat sabers mm. the 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 space pirate trainer all these old school vr games i think are going to be the really big app killers of next generation vr because they have matured these mechanics so well i uh. <laughs> <laughs> there's not no that not at all but what man, if it's, man, we used but to what have if some exciting yeah. stuff from them you know mm -hmm. like um so look we need to wait and see what they have when they pull the rabbit out of the hat um i think that's true for all three showcases uh, i hope that there's something in that for each of us in other words i hope there's something for us to get excited about whether it be hardware or games um because that hype in, around summer is oftentimes at a low point and i don't want to have to limp through summer i would like to see stuff that's available the other side of it is i'd like stuff to be out you know like playable during summer that's really good that's why i've kind of hooked into firmament yeah, <laughs> heavy breath. <laughs> Talk to my psychologist there. Um, but I would, I, I would like that um, at, at some point. So one other thing that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely feel like I might be doing that one for a while. If I ever managed to, I never beat abduction. Abduction was too hard um, for me. One other thing that Jose, you were interested in uh, maybe putting up, given we were talking about AR oh. stuff and, uh, AI generation. Uh, do we mm. want to show? Oh no, we we kind of we kind of talked about that when we were mentioning the the star oh. the star the the star technology at Google. Stuff, okay, I, I didn't know. Did, did, did we show the the video? Is the question because oh. it was a really oh, we cute could show video. That. That's a, yes, that's a really good example. Yeah, we were talking Basically, about. Do you want to describe it, Jose? What we're yeah. about to see? Yeah, so it's a, it's predictive editing. Um, it is using data from the image to essentially 
detect what the background will look like what the the scale of what the, it's on the image in this example they're using animals because they're kind of easier to train these ai systems and essentially they were able to move the 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 object or in this in this case the animal around move their jaws around and this is all predictive ai these are pretty much the system detecting what you're looking at the angle that you're looking at the screen and it's pretty much running and detecting things in real time. And this is kind of a really good example of what we were talking about with the Marcus Brownlee tech demo, where yep. the real magic is predicting. <laughs> it predicting. is very, very interesting. It's the same kind of technology, basically, that Meta showed on their, I think, Oculus Connect back then, when they were talking about higher yes. resolutions, where you're predicting where you know the user is oh, going man. to watch next and then increase or super sample that resolution. Yeah. Yeah, and that's but I love I love this tech. But the one thing I, that it it absolutely as a point of news for people. I mean, not to say that we haven't been tricked in the past, but differentiating between what is real and what is just someone who made up a video or a GIF or a news article. It's we're we're about to enter a period of the gray zone, and it's going to be very difficult to tell what's real from what's fake. And when you get on the megaphone and you're spreading that information further afield you could easily find yourself in, a, in an abused situation where you're presenting a message so we got to be very careful as we go through the next you know couple of years with all of this but hey if i want to get my dog to sit down in a family photo hey now i can do it you know yeah. and that i love that representation so thank you for showing us that jose and for the releases this week um look we are uh, just winding this show down now so if anyone has something final to say to get off your chest um like zim you, you held us captive for too long then by <laughs> all means do that while i do this show times uh we are a long-running show <laughs> uh, and uh, we cast every other saturday on youtube and twitch uh, the show starts at 10 a.m pacific just like the apple and meta stuff coming up 1 p.m eastern and 6 p.m in the uk if the live show doesn't tickle your fancy or you've got just too many things to juggle and life's many side quests. The audio version is is one Beethoven would appreciate. Wait, wasn't he deaf? Anyway, uh, <laughs> go try out iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, uh, which usually drops about midweek to help you on that trip to the office. Um, one of our, on behalf of our sponsors again, I would like to encourage you to check out Swordsman VR and Rogue Ascent if you haven't gotten your hands dirty yet. Um, pick your pick your poison. And uh, tell a friend or colleague about F-Reality, um, uh, because apparently it's easier to get into heaven that way. It's like a priority fast track system uh, with the current queue times that'll save you about 370 years waiting at the pearly gates. So it's a good deal if you ask me. Uh, with that, thank you everyone for your, your feedback there. <laughs> My aggressively Canadian comment <laughs> coming <leaf>. back there. <laughs> thank you, Laura. Yeah, yeah. The Maple Leaf is there to let you know which time is Canada, which time is the UK uh, for my international streams that we do. Uh, with that, any other comments that you guys? I know Crash said that I was screaming under my desk with alien isolation. That's true. <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't get pleasure from it, though, Crash. <laughs> and <we're laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I don't have a follow up to that one. That is true. That is true. But hey, lads, you made it to the end. Um, 
You tuned in and you took this journey with us across the dusty desert of progress. VR, AR, and XR tech looks like it's going to get exciting and has been you know, it's been getting more exciting every day. Um, so before long, we're going to be absolutely surrounded by it. It will be something that, that normal folk can't ignore. Join us, nerds. Um, you know, people are going to be ending up taking holidays away from this stuff and trying to remember what grass is. But um, until that day, thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of Afriel. Afriel.